welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host, and this is my podcast. And today, my guest is Aya Cash. Aya is an actress. She is the star of You're the Worst on FXX. And uh, season three of You're the Worst comes out August 31st. If you've not seen it, uh, I think you're a liar. If you have seen it, um, get ready for season three. And if any of you need to catch up on your watching, you can find You're the Worst on Hulu, FXX, Amazon. Uh, and by the way, Aya is more than just an actress. Not that that isn't enough, because that is plenty. But she's also making her foray into producing and is in the process of uh, of looking for financing for her first feature, which is very exciting. She's a multi-hyphenate. She does it all. She's amazing. And I'm so glad she sat down with me and uh, we could have a girl date chat thing. I met Aya uh, maybe a year ago, very briefly. We were both on the same show at, uh, at UCB. And uh, immediately I was intrigued. She has a very successful relationship. She's married. And I was like, wow, she's got it all. She's a series regular on a show, successful relationship. She's a babe. She's very stylish. Uh, we both like J. Crew, I think. I, I believe that's what initially hooked me. And uh, and she did, she wasn't to try hard, which made me really want to lean in towards her and try way too hard, like the people pleaser I have uh, have been known to be, but I'm not always. Anyway, uh, so she came in, and uh, I have to let you know, I've got to let you know what happens behind the scenes uh, at, of this podcast. The studio was a sweltering, uh, hot nightmare, all right? So... And before that, we were downstairs. We ran into Pete Holmes, who records in the same studio space I record in. And uh, I had never met him before, and that was very exciting. And he had just interviewed Mike Birbiglia. I think I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but I'll figure it out uh, someday. And uh, so that was all very exciting. It was a bit of a clusterfuck. It all happened. Then Aya and I went upstairs. And I think I was a little bit not grounded um, and not ready to come back to interviewing people because I had just gotten off a plane from New York uh, after kind of uh, the tail end, of, uh, after experiencing the tail end of a relationship, which I thought had a lot of promise, but uh, I was, uh, I then was having to mourn the death of. I had smoked DMT with a guy in New York. I don't even do drugs, but uh, I decided to do, to do this intense drug with this guy in New York. Saw all these red flags, realized, uh oh, this is not right for me. So immediately from the get go of this podcast, Aya kind of talked me down, and she was like, listen, he's not right for you. You don't like him. You're just mourning the death of uh, of promise and being excited, uh, and uh, you're mourning the death of possibility, but not this guy, Alexi. So already, that's a testament to how wonderful Aya is as a girlfriend. See? My intuition never fails me. Saw Aya, knew she could be my new best friend, maybe, or at least a cool podcast guest. Anyway, um, during this conversation, Aya and I go on a tangential journey as per the use. We talk about a million different things from bad relationships, uh, ex-boyfriends, psychedelics, Los Angeles versus New York, uh, our cool moms. Um, we talk about uh, insecurities and auditioning and the the perils of being a woman and things that we have to deal with, like uh, wondering if we're supposed to get filler or what the fuck we're supposed to do uh, if we're, you know, anyway, we just talk about all the stuff the two girls on a girl date would talk about. And you guys are super lucky because you get to be like a fly on the wall of that intimate exchange. Um, here's the thing. Uh, if you want to follow Aya on social media, I think you should. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter at maybe Aya Cash. 
You can find me on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, at Alexi Wasser. And uh, side note of a side note, I just want to say thank you to everybody who came out this past weekend uh, for the Women of Cine Family Festival. My short film that I wrote and directed screened on Saturday during the Women of Cine Family Festival. And my goodness, I could not believe it. It was sold out. Uh, it just felt, it was, I don't know, it just made me feel uh, inspired to keep making stuff because maybe, maybe people will like it because everybody was so warm and it was such a cozy, validating, um, accepting environment. And, uh, and by the way, the dork in me was thrilled to get in with the CineFamily crew because I was at CineFamily every single day during the festival and I already love CineFamily. Uh, if you've never heard of it, Google it immediately, CineFamily.org. CineFamily is, uh, it's, it used to be the silent movie theater. And it's this gem, this special treasure in Los Angeles on Fairfax. The programming is amazing. The films they decide to show, the events they, they curate uh, for the theater uh, are impeccable. The taste is uh, uh, the highest. Uh, anyway, and I, I just love everybody who works there. You know, Hadrian, Drew Foster... Will, Jose, KJ, and all the other cool kids at Cine Family, and uh, and I feel like I'm in with the cool kids. So uh, thank you very much for listening and indulging me. Anyway, uh, another side out of a side note: if you like the show, if you like the Love Alexi podcast, and uh, you want me to keep doing it, and you want me to help grow the show, subscribe on iTunes, uh, rate the show, leave a comment. I know it's not cool. I know you're super cool. If you listen to this podcast, you're fucking cool. You're not like some lame who writes Yelp reviews, uh, you know, all, like all angry and whatever. That's not your style. You're better than that. But you know what? I'm going to need your help for just a moment. I need, I need you to dip into the, another side of yourself. I need you to fucking help me out. Subscribe. Tell all your friends. Rate the show. Leave a comment. All right? You're welcome. I mean, thank you. I mean, uh. Anyway, I'm going to shut the fuck up. So you can enjoy my conversation with the incredible, warm, talented, grounded, graceful. And by the way, I love the sound of her voice, the cadence, the tone. She just has this old-timey sounding voice that makes me think, wow, you're like an old-timey movie star. You know more than I do. You are smarter than me. Um, Anyway, all of it is good. Enjoy my conversation with Aya Cash. Now entering Nerdist.com. Hollywood way to begin a weird podcast. <laughs> Comic book store. Get in here. Hello. Hi. Um, that's Aristotle. You guys already met? Yeah. Well, we we, we saw each other. It was yeah. an Uzio. We engaged in intense eye contact. Oh, man. Beautiful. <laughs> it's boiling in here. We're going to lose weight, maybe, probably. <laughs> Not that you need it, but I do. I've got it. Yeah, right. I think I put on eight pounds. Oh, well, you have so much um, yeah, space nice. to distribute it that you Say can't tell anything. Is that- I, I gain five pounds and I just become like famine belly. Like, oh, really? Famine like belly? Child, like, or like pregnant. Because everyone's like, oh, no, a skinny girl can't have such a big belly. I get a lot of congratulations when oh, I gain wow. Weight. Fuck those yeah. people. Oh, my God. First of all... <laughs> Let's just take a breath. That was very intense because okay. I'm a big fan of Pete Holmes. For those uh, out there listening, uh, what you don't know is that I just met Pete Holmes for the first time. He has a podcast here on the Nerdist Network. It's called You Made It Weird, and I love it. And I've never met him, so I felt very like he just inspired. I don't know. I like his podcast. Mm-hmm. So I met him downstairs, and it was kind of. And then you met him. Yeah, I re met him. <laughs> and then it turns out, how did you know him? 
Uh, well, no, I had auditioned for his show, um, of which he had zero memory. Oh, and he kept God. he kept trying to make it okay for himself, where he kept being like, um, he was like, "Oh, you did in person?" I was like, "Yup." And he was like, "Really with me?" And I was like, "Mm-hmm." Like, we made out. <laughs> yeah. And then Mike tried to make it better because Mike Birbiglia was there. I guess he was interviewing Mike, and um, Mike and I uh, know each other. And from uh, what? Uh, we did something for selected shorts, and then I was in his movie, and we live in the same neighborhood, and his wife is friends with my mom. No, Whoa. in New York. Wow. So we have lots of connections. But he tried to make it better, and he was like, oh, she was in Sleep Bob with me. And um, Pete was like, oh, who was she? <laughs> I was like, clearly I've made an impression. And he like tried to explain the character that I, you know, one of those. I feel it was completely... It actually made me really happy for some reason. Is it? Oh my it was god! Like kind of sweet and silly. I just hate when I give. My, I don't take it personally. I hate it when I give my power away to people and I make people too important. And I hate when I like you know look at Pete and I'm like, oh my god, I, I love your podcast because usually I would just be like, don't say anything, just don't say anything, but that, or say it and be okay with it. And then I just feel like I just I get overwhelmed. But it depends what mood I, I'm in. I mean, like sometimes, yeah, I feel oh god, I should just shut up and crawl back into my hole. And sometimes I feel like. I don't know. Why not? Like, just, we're all people. We're all just right? going to die. Let's just like share our feelings. I think you're great. Yeah. Who doesn't want to hear they're great? Totally. I want to uh, hear I'm great. Here's what I didn't understand, though. Uh, you guys were talking and you were like, yeah, uh, it was a Mike Berbiglia. Or how, <laughs> Berbiglia. How, how do you say his name? How do you say his name? <laughs> Mike Berbiglia. Mike Burbig. 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 Leah. Leah. Burbig. Leah. Got it. He has a movie out this weekend. <laughs> What's that movie? Uh, it's called something that I cannot remember, but Jesus it looks Christ. absolutely wonderful. <laughs> and I think Mike is a genius. So everybody go see the Mike Burbiglia movie. Burbiglia. <laughs> you have someone Googling. Don't, Don't think, think twice. twice. You, heard, improv. you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. we just like improv. I'm not in that movie. Just, uh, um, just promoting it. <laughs> me neither. But we just improvised figuring out the name of that, that movie just mm-hmm. now. But I thought it was interesting because you were talking about like uh, Sleepwalk with me. Mm-hmm. And then you referred to it and he referred to it as a Mike Birbiglia film. And it didn't take... I, I, I then Aristotle had to tell me that that, that was Mike Birbiglia. Like why did... <laughs> Why did you keep saying it like Caligula? Whatever, <laughs> it's fine. He, until he casts me, I will not say it correctly. But I was like, why? Why is he being referred like in the third person? Like, why didn't he just say his name is Mike? I didn't oh, understand. Yeah. I didn't understand. Anyway, first listen. of all, let me just say, yeah, you're now gonna start following Mike Berbiglia, and mm-hmm. you're going next time. You're gonna nerd out on him because he's kind of a genius. Oh, my I would god. never say that to his face. He's kind of he's, a genius. He's, he's actually a genius. Oh my yeah. god! But he's married, right? Uh, yes, he's married. Okay, just just a friend crush then. Actually, yes. I'm not dating for a year. But anyway. Great. Aya Cash. Hi. Sitting here with me. What brought you? How did you end up deciding? You were like, yes, I'm going to do Alexi's podcast. How did you even decide, like, this is something I will do? Well, uh, we we met at a, at a UCB show called Lady Freak. Um, and I thought you were really cute and funny. And you dated a friend of mine in the past. Oh, who did I date? Jordan. Oh, Jordan Vote Roberts. Yeah. Director Jordan Vote Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I found that out. And I was like, I love Jordan and I love all the women he dates. And oh my God. Although I feel <laughs> worried for them, but I also really love them all. Um, <gasps> Why worried? Yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, no, Jordan's like a wonderful, wonderful human. Uh, he directed the pilot of You're the Worst yes, and upcoming King Kong. Yeah, very exciting. No, he he fancy now. He's not, he's not even going to date normal girls anymore. He's just going to date like robots and prostitutes from now on. I mean, on that's out. what I would do. Yeah, 
Anyway, great podcast. Thank you for yeah. coming in. So that's why I'm here is because of that. Um, so you th- oh yeah, so I because I dated Jordan Vote Roberts. That's the best thing that dating Jordan Vote Roberts has done for my career. Mm-hmm. Has as ushered you into, into the podcast. Well, we liked each other when we met. We had yeah. like we had that like girl thing where I was like, "Oh my god, your shirt!" And you were like, "Oh my god, your shoes!" And yeah, yeah. We just we had a nice rapport. But you're married too. I remember mm-hmm. like getting into that because you've been married for how long? Ten years? No, I've been with him eleven. Eleven years, and we've um, been married almost four. And how did you meet your husband? Who is this guy? Uh, Who is this guy? His name is Joshua. Okay. Uh, he, I was his waitress. Where? In New York? Yes. Chat and Chew in All Union right. Square, which just closed. Oh, no. I know because um, whenever I'm feeling particularly shitty about myself, I walk by Chat and Chew and I'm like, shut the fuck up. You don't work there anymore. You're Chat, fine. Chat and Chew. And um, I walked by this last summer after, you know, blowing an audition and it's gone. So... <laughs> What audition did you blow? Oh, every audition? Was it the Beat Home song that he couldn't remember you from... Uh... Yeah, no, I'm that just didn't, go, I'm it just didn't go very well. That one didn't go very well. I didn't but it wasn't go, bad. I didn't even go in on that. It I can't just, even believe it. It was just unmemorable. It Jeez, wasn't it, was terrible. it in New York or L.A.? It was in New York. In New York. Okay. God, yeah. I didn't even get sent out on this thing. Yeah. I can't believe it. We're, I know. We're done here. But okay. hard. <laughs> so you had a bad audition. How did you blow it? What happened? I, I don't know. I blow a lot of auditions. I, I like, rewrite... I, I don't know if you do this. Uh, I, I decide in the waiting room who else is going to get the job. Oh, and God. then I start to think about like, nope, you know, would be, you know who would be better? You know who would be really good at this? Yeah. Not me. Not me. <laughs> and then I go in and I try to be not me, which is always a really good idea. Oh, that's an interesting thing where it's like, yeah, sometimes I'll read sides and I'll, I'll decide how they want to hear it. And I'll, I'll come at it from somebody else's perspective as opposed to, no, just do it like you're going to do it which would be the best read possible because it would be the most grounded and honest. And then, yeah. and then they can decide. Yeah, Instead no. Of creating this fictitious thing that is probably shitty. Completely. I mean, it's a, and it's a waste of time. And, and you can't possibly know somebody else's mind as much as we want to control everything in life. There's your free water, oh, by the you. way. It's uh, on Nerdist, and uh, it's all yours. You can take it with you when you leave. Has, has Chris Hardwick touched this? <laughs> oh, has he? He blessed it, actually. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like the rabbi of the, the free water. I don't know why you're laughing when you say that. Mm. Anyway. Out of joy. <laughs> she was internally laughing in case you couldn't hear laughter, and you're like, what are you talking <laughs> about, Alexi? Okay, so you blew an audition. You passed by the chat and chew. Oh, you're living so, your life. No, so I was working at chat and chew. Oh, yeah. Yes. Got back, back to that. How you met Joshua. I was working at chat and chew. It was day three. He and his friend were walking down the street, and there was no hostess on, or host. A man can be a host. Oh um, and uh, and they walked into the restaurant, and I thought they were both cute. And I was sort of dating my way into friendship in New York, because I had just moved to New York. I didn't know anyone. I had, you know, no money and no friends, and, and I was dating in order to, like, m- make friends. And, in oh, fact, wow. some of those guys that I sort of made out with once or twice are still my good friends, because I just didn't have any access to people that's great so at least you know yeah so i was like very open to dating and he and his friend will walk by i sat them in my section because i thought they were cute and then you know we ended up together forever what is it about him that that you that you decided you liked him more than other guys and the other boneheads you made out with you know, it's funny. I dated. He's very the opposite of men that I used to date. I was very attracted to like the dark, kind of assholey, super charismatic, 
maybe a pathological liar, yeah. that kind of guy. Oh my God, I think I've dated that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're interesting. And then I dated like the ultimate of that guy and it just like switched something in my brain chemistry. I was just like, nope, I don't, I want someone who likes me. Yeah. I want someone who's nice to me. And <sighs> I had dated the nice guys before and then of course left them for the assholes. Um, and it just shifted. I was like, oh, I want to, I want someone who thinks I'm great too. Not someone I think is great who sort of treats me like shit or, or, or who only values one part of me, like who only thinks I'm cute or who doesn't think I'm cute and only thinks I'm smart, you know, like who, who sort of compartmentalizes me. That's so interesting. You're saying that because I think I'm just getting to that where I dated a guy who, I think he only likes, he likes the fact that I'm, he likes looking at me. He likes what mm-hmm. I look like mm-hmm. and he thinks I'm funny, mm-hmm. but he doesn't ask me anything about myself. Mm-hmm. Doesn't pay attention to anything that matters to me or, or ask questions. It just, just doesn't care. It just seems like he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And yet I don't think he knows he's doing anything wrong. I think mm-hmm. he's just doing the best he can. And that's so shocking to me. Mm. It's interesting. I mean, have you found that with guys you've dated where you're like, oh, they, they don't, you, you call them an asshole or you think that they're an asshole but, but maybe they don't know better. But that's just all they're capable of, which is even, I don't know if that, what's sadder. Yeah, like maybe they've been brought up in a world where women can only represent one thing to them and they can't sort of, in, they can't take on the yeah. 360 view. Maybe so, or they're just so self-involved and into all the things that they're they're doing, all they care about is themselves and they're, I don't know, and that's all they have to give. Yeah. Like I've met people where it's like, oh my God, where this one guy told me, I was like, are you like this with all the girls you've dated? And he went... Oh no, I'm much more considerate with you. And I was thinking, what? Like, you know, it doesn't text me for three days or just doesn't engage. He says there's no warmth and like there's like a lack of warmth and kindness. And I just thought, wow, he this is this is him at full potential. Yeah. For well, love. at this moment, at this too, moment, right? Because yeah. because I feel like especially and and I don't know if you're dating guys in the arts but i don't know what i'm doing yeah you know, kind there's of. a lot of bullshit talk about the prolonged adolescence and yeah. you know i mean but but it's also true i think you can get it you can get away with a lot and and you have access to lots of um often younger women who will sort of put you on a pedestal if you're a struggling musician in your late 30s and yeah and early 40s Ugh. who will still sort of give you a pass and be like, yeah, like the passion is enough. And, you know, um, and you don't really have to grow up or commit or because because people will put up with a lot. Yeah. When you're young, you put up with a lot. Well, so then so you dated and you, you were done dating an, an asshole, mm-hmm. somebody who wasn't as, as kind and warm and appreciated you as they should. Mm-hmm. You met- Like Josh said to me, yeah. actually. He was like, you read all the time and you never talk to me about what you're reading. And I just remember being in shock that he was like asking to know know what I read. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm fucked up. That guy fucked me up. I think that that's like something real, like amazing that he wanted to know about what I was reading. So why do you think he didn't share? Well, who was the other guy before? What did he do to you? And why did you stay with him? How long was that for? And (laughs) tell me everything. Oh, God. And we're going to get to all of it, by the way. I mean, it was so long. Let's be clear. This is so long ago. So this person that I'm about to describe may no no longer exist. He could be dead. He was a kid. Oh, yeah. No, but I I just mean like he may be like a great guy now. Probably not. Probably Um, not. <laughs> oh my god, jinx. <laughs> Same joke, jinx. Okay, yes. But he, you know, he was like a really charismatic, really funny, really smart guy who just, you know, 
he was a storyteller and like most storytellers like they embellish or lie to create stories and so like he actually oh god I've never talked about (laughs) how many people listen to this none okay great um he like for example like he was just he was really manipulative and really like he he when we first started dating was like I'm not going to be the lap dog like all the other guys you dated like I Ew. you you you're wrong to expect someone to like you is basically the message he got. I'm so glad you dated this kind of guy because <laughs> it makes me feel so much less alone in our search for love and feeling you know connected. Totally. But go on. <laughs> and I was obsessed with him. I mean, I really why really, you know. I just thought he was so smart and so funny and all the things that I didn't feel like I was at that time. And he he did this thing where he was cheating on me with this girl that I was uh, living with. What? At the time, after a fr- this is so complicated, but I'm after ready. after a friend died, a mutual friend of ours and like she would be like I'm here for you and then she'd go fuck him down the hall. Um we were at like a Shakespeare thing together. And uh he then told all of our friends that I already knew that he had cheated. So, like, we broke up. Yeah. Because I moved to New York. This was so long ago. Is this in L.A. or San Francisco? No, no, no. This is out of Minneapolis. Okay. Hey, and relax. Okay? Don't do yeah. don't, don't, don't dare talk to me like that. <laughs> what the hell were you doing in Minneapolis? Oh, God knows. Okay. So I went to school there. <laughs> okay. But he, he told everyone that I already knew that he had cheated so that nobody would talk to me about it, which I thought was kind of brilliant. Like, none of my friends felt the need to tell me because they thought I already knew. So they were, like, waiting for me to talk about it. This is like a how-to cheat on a girl mm-hmm. uh, exclusive here on the Love Lexi podcast. Just like when I used to read, uh, like, Sassy Magazine or Seventeen, they'd be like, don't be bulimic or have an eating disorder or be anorexic. And here's not to do it. Eat cotton balls. Uh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And they give you, like, this weird how-to, like... Uh, when you're like, what? Don't tell me and spell it out. Remember reading those articles about yeah. how to have an No, Zoe Kazan just posted something about a book uh, that she read as a kid that was like really dangerous for her because it was all about an eating disorder. And it was like, it don't you, don't let children read this book. Yeah, because, it's, it's like anti-eating disorder, yeah. but gives you all the, the secrets to having the, the being the greatest at having an eating disorder. Totally. And how, wait, and you're, you, we'll get to the play you did that she wrote, <laughs> right? Zoe Kazan? Oh, yeah. How do you did. know her? Uh, New York. If you do theater in New York, you end up sort of in readings with people or yeah. in plays with people. So I knew her from New York. All right. So back to the guy lying. Uh, yeah. Well, he just he, and yes, this is the how-to. Uh, yeah. Tell everyone that the girl already knows, and then they never say anything. But they do say cryptic things like, "Yeah, that." How do you feel about her? Or how? Like, oh, what you know? What a rough summer. And I'd be like, "Yeah, like." A friend hot. of ours died. Oh. But, like, you know, there was enough little clues that I finally was like, yeah, what did you hear about that? Yeah. Not knowing what I was going to get into. And then uh, she told me, and I called him, and I was like, look, we've been broken up. We've been, stayed friends. We've been broken up for, like, eight months now. Just tell me what's up. And he was like, no, it didn't happen. And I was yeah. like, come on. And he said... Yes, it did, and now we're dating. And I hung up, and I've never spoken to him since. Oh, my God, that's 11 years ago. Yeah, and they almost got married, and then I think she left him three weeks before the wedding. So. Oh, well, how do you that's know that? So Instagram stalking? Oh, no, no, I try not to do that. That, that shit is dangerous. <laughs> no, um, but we have mutual friends still. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but again, like, who knows who those people are? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I have to have faith that people change and become better humans, and that, like, we were, you know, 20... 21 years old I can't really be that like it was heartbreaking at the time and horrible but it ultimately made me like want to be with someone good so it was a good ending yeah it's weird I just feel like 
I always assume that everybody's good. And then I and then I get so shocked by finding out that people are un, like emotionally unavailable or or what my own shortcomings are. Like I think I think I'm good, and then I'm like, oh wow, I have all these bizarre blocks and this this behavior, and maybe it's me. And anyway, oh yeah, my shit stinks too. No. Let's be real. <laughs> Don't say that. That's not true. <laughs> if, that's, that's totally not true. Yeah, <laughs> I refuse to believe that. Um, oh, another thing, trying to squeeze like. Uh, I don't know, like like watering, like get water from a rock or something, or just like where I'm just like, oh, I'm trying to get affection from somebody who's just like incapable. That's like a habit I've put myself through. But okay, so you met Joshua mm-hmm. at Chat and Chew, mm-hmm. no longer, uh, Chat and Chew no longer exists mm-hmm. in New York. And uh, yeah, so how did he woo you? So he was asking about reading. Well, when we, uh, I mean, that day we started talking about Buddhism and and, uh, Judaism because I was raised Jewish. My dad's a Buddhist priest now, and he was studying Buddhism, but was raised Jewish. And being Jewish in New York is like a really big deal in a way that it was not in San Francisco where I grew up. Like, I didn't know who of my friends were Jewish, even though I went to Hebrew school for seven years. It never, like, clicked in that that was something, like, we search out community through. Yeah. Um, and in New York, there's like a very big sort of cultural Jewishness. Like all of Josh's friends would be like, do you have any nice Jewish girls to set me up with? I was like, who cares if they're Jewish? Oh my God. Like I just never, yeah, yeah. there's a thing there. Even still? Still, I, I mean. I can't believe it. Yeah. 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 Um, and I sort of get it a bit, but I also, it's just, that's not how my brain works. I've never sort of, but. I am dating. I mean, I'm married to a Jewish man. Married to a nice Jewish man. (laughs) Nice Jewish boy. Um, So we sort of started talking about that. And then he gave me his email, which I thought was kind of dorky. And I liked that. And he only tipped 20%. Like sometimes guys would tip like 50 bucks and be like, you want to go out? And I'd be like, thank you for the money. No, thank you for the date. Oh, like he's buying you or something. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And then we ended up hanging out accidentally like I accidentally invited him to uh my friend's band was playing and I sent out it was the early days of gmail and (laughs) it saved all your contacts so when I sent out a mass email to all my contacts I didn't know it was like anybody I'd contacted on Craigslist or like it was everybody oh my god I don't even I never even realized that yeah this was back in the day and um you know, when I didn't have that many contacts either. So I just thought, and he showed up at the concert and I was like, what the hell are you doing here? And he was like, I got your email. And I was like, what the, what? What a great, can you still use that now if you're dating? Can you go, oh my God, I didn't mean to invite you. It's just saved my contacts, my Gmail. Sure. Does it still happen like that? I have no, I know you're married. You're off the market. Yeah. Yeah. But he showed up and then I proceeded to tell him like how I needed, like I was dating and I just, wanted to have sex and I wasn't interested in a monogamous relationship and then he left that night and tried to hook up someone else what who (laughs) I don't know some girl okay and then somehow we overcame that like through email and witty banter on email why did you give him that whole spiel because you were still getting over the the monster I was getting over the monster and I was new to New York. I was like, I don't know. I, you know, oh, you I was 22. Wa- I was oh. like, oh, just turned 23 maybe. And yeah. I didn't, you know, I wasn't looking for something long term. Um, when he and I, like a couple months in, he was like, I don't know if you're the one. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If I'm the one, I need to fuck a lot more people before we end up together because yeah. I'm not interested in, you know, I'm, I have my 20s ahead of me. He's yeah. older than I, I How old am. is he? How, many, how, how much older? He's seven years older. Seven years older. Which now is not such a big deal, but back then was, was very different 
stages of life. He had his own studio apartment. He did not. I lived with two roommates in Washington Heights. Oh my goodness. And worked full time as a waitress. Well, why did he say, uh, I don't know if you're the one? Why, why does any girl, I would never want to hear that. I think I heard a guy say that like a year ago and I was like, get away I mean, from me. We struggled a lot when we first started, you know? Like he hadn't really been in a serious relationship for 10 years. And I was, again, trying to <laughs> to have fun in my 20s and yeah. was not so clear that I wanted to be in a serious relationship. And, you know, all our stuff came up. Um, and he, yeah, we, we just struggled a lot. Like, we broke up a lot that first year where we'd be like, let's not do this anymore. And be like, you want to come home? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So it was a lot of that. And he was like, I just don't know if this is like what's going to be forever which I actually appreciate we're very honest with each other there's not a lot of sort of secrets and um, we can express doubt and anxiety to each other about the relationship without it being detrimental to the relationship that's so great because I always find that like me included all my girlfriends and I talk more honestly about the relationships that we're experiencing with one with each other mm-hmm. as opposed to the person we're in the relationship with and i hate that because i feel like that's the one one person you can't be super honest with is the one it's like the person you're you're dating because all the, your thoughts and things are about you know, like secrets you don't want to let them in on yeah i mean i think some secrets are okay like yeah. i think it's okay to have a fantasy life i don't mind if josh has like even like a crush on a friend of mine i don't want to hear about it because it's not gonna make me feel good but it doesn't but I know that it's not threatening or upsetting if I don't know. So I'm just yeah. like, I don't want to know that. I, I, but, mean, I mean anxiety about the relationship. Like oh, if I'm yeah. dating someone, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like they're this, this, and this, and I, I'm not getting enough from them. Or what do you mean by that? I feel like I, I will express that to my girlfriends and everybody else who will listen, like the barista at Starbucks, mm-hmm. and instead of like telling the one person who, you know, the guy that I'm talking about. And I like the fact that you can like talk about all your relationship anxiety with your with your husband or then boyfriend. Yeah. That's um, you know, and then and sometimes we, and then sometimes you have to be like maybe we don't need to talk about this. Yeah. I mean there's both. But yeah. but I do think you can you know, relationships are not um always easy and you go through I mean like I we've been together almost 11 years and there are times when we have driven each other so crazy I thought we would never make it and then we come out the other side and it's better than it was before. So I just have a lot of faith that in those bad moments when we have a bad couple of months where I'm like, I don't even want to see your face. Yeah. Like (laughs) then we come out the other side and it's much better. And that's happened enough that I don't stress as much during the dark. You know, it sucks to like be frustrated or not connected to someone for an extended period of time. But I also know that things come in waves and then it's fine again. Oh man. I think I'm taking a year off dating. Josh did that a year before. Before, Before you? we started dating, See? he was celibate for a year. See? Look how it worked out for him. Mm-hmm. He got you. Mm-hmm. I can't believe this. Um, Poor guy. Oh, God. <laughs> um, do you drink? Not much, Not actually. much? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Is it because hangovers become just too horrible and you've got to work and you've got to live your life? No. Uh, well, then why? <laughs> it's a complicated question. <laughs> Give me uh, an answer. I've idea. never... I've never uh, I don't have a problem, but there's people around me who've had problems, and, mm-hmm. and I don't, I've sort of demanded of other people not to drink around me at, at different points, and I think it just sort of naturally made me not want to drink, uh, because I don't think that's fair, but there's definitely some alcoholism around me, and it's made me very sensitive to it. Like, I really don't, I don't mind happy drunk people, but like an aggressive drunk triggers me in a way that is, that is, <laughs> Um, not good. Yeah. Do you do psychedelics? You know, it's so funny. I've been talking about this recently because 
I love shrooms. You I do? haven't done them in like 12 years, though. Yeah. You're such I, a baby. 12. years. No, Whatever. We're not, we're we're not talking about age on this thing. But okay. I, yeah. No, I'm just short. I yeah. just look like a, a child. A little child. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I did lots of drugs growing up. Um, basically, anything I could get my hands on. No heroin. No coke. I no did. heroin or coke, you no. guys. Relax, okay? I did do meth, but... You <laughs> did? Just I, once. I did, too. I wanted Terrible. to be skinny as a teenager. Come, oh. What was wrong with me? See, I never had that. I got very lucky well, with that. Well, you're tiny. Well, And yes. it better stay that way. <laughs> yes. No, I'm... You know, I mean, I have my own body hatred, but I never... No, I never, I never abused it in, in that way. So you tried meth. Uh, yeah, I tried math. <laughs> um, thanks, Nina. <laughs> Who's uh, Nina? <laughs> my best friend growing up. Uh, meth instigator and uh she's about to have a baby oh uh, meth baby <laughs> she's about to have a meth baby <laughs> no she's a psychiatrist now she's very healthy <laughs> Can pre- prescribe herself all that meth no i think it's actually good to do drugs when you're young because i just got over it yeah. by a certain point you know after college i was really sort of done with everything but i do think hallucinogens are really really like important i mean it sounds so cheesy no i but love I, it but and there are other ways to get to this, but I think they're really it's really good to sort of just shift your consciousness every yeah. once in a while. And I would like to do them again. And if my husband was up for it and he's not she's not, I would totally be like part of the reason I don't do drugs anymore is not because I have a moral issue against them, but because my partner doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um not even so, drink, right? He drinks. Okay. But he doesn't um he doesn't smoke pot. He doesn't. I mean, nothing. Yeah. So for for good reason, he has a, a crazy family history. His grandfather was the victim of CIA mind control experiments. That's another really podcast. what? Yeah. His grandfather was the victim of CIA mind control experiments. Yeah. MK like, Ultra. Um, and which, what? MK Ultra. Which actually, if you've seen, he's nodding. Um, and I just watched Stranger Things, and I was like, MK Ultra. Oh <laughs> um, God. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So. I think it's easier when your your partner's down for it. And we've talked about, like, oh, maybe we'll do that sometime. But if I got a group of friends together, yeah, do it. I've never done mushrooms, but I just did DMT. Yeah, I don't even know what DMT is. So DMT is, is like, is uh, the, I guess that's what makes you, that's part of, part of ayahuasca. That's the hallucinogenic oh, gotcha. aspect of ayahuasca, where it's like, ayahuasca is like, if you smoke DMT, it's like a 15-minute experience. If you do ayahuasca, it's because you're, like, putting, I'm going to say all of this wrong, but it's like... Mm-hmm. It's like you, you get the DMT and then you put it together with something else and you make a tea and it makes, a, it makes the experience much longer mm-hmm. and the way you, you, you drink it. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying this all wrong. But I, so I, but DMT is the drug in ayahuasca. That's what makes you hallucinate mm-hmm. and like affects you. So and I, how was it? Yeah, I had never done mushrooms and I wanted to do mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And then I met this like chemi- chemist scientist person and I thought, okay. And he synthesizes drugs and it's hard to find DMT. So... I just got back from New York this past weekend, and I smoked DMT with him to have this intense, psychedelic, hallucinogenic experience. And I don't think I ever have to do drugs again. Because as a teenager, I did, like, acid, speed, ecstasy, cocaine, mm-hmm. poppers even. I don't know why mm-hmm. I'm not a gay man at a club. I hope that's not offensive. <laughs> to, but, you know. Anyway, um, my gay boyfriend would totally know what I'm talking about. They're being very loud over there. Should we close the door? What are we going to do? I think DMT made me a bitch. I think that's what happened. I think it made me very intense. I, I even texted Aristotle yesterday and it was like, someone like me. I'm like, can you please let me know when you get my emails and texts so I can breathe? And he was like, but you know what? Got the job done. And he was very nice to me today. You waited all day? You did on purpose? I can't believe you're fucking with me. Anyway, that's our rapport. Anyway, um, 
I love having him just to the left of you. Like, because as I'm talking, like, sometimes he'll, like, nod and sometimes he'll make a face. What faces are you making? No, it's unconscious, which is good. It's like the real audience reaction. Like, you kind of have to be, like, like nice to me and, like, laugh at my jokes. But, like, he's, like, the real behind you. <laughs> Being, like, he's my alter nah. ego. He's actually uh, my subconscious uh, alter ego, you know? All right. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, so, uh, so you don't have to do drugs again. I just don't have to do Which is drugs. kind of sometimes the point. Like ayahuasca, they say, can treat drug addiction. So. I feel like, yeah, it helped my my, uh, my non-drug I mean, I did all these drugs when I was a teenager. And then, okay, so I feel like first you have a fear of drugs. When you're young and you don't try drugs, you're like, drugs are bad. Just say no. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you're hanging out with your friends. You're living your life. You're like, I'm an experiment. This is wild. You do all the things. And then that, that wall of fear is taken down. And that's when shit gets scary because all of a sudden you're opening yourself up to like pot and alcohol and whatever else you're going to try. So I did drugs as a teenager, stopped for a long time because I did too much speed when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And it just made me very moody and dark and took me to a dark place. So I, I promised my mom I would never do drugs again. And then uh, so the ball of fear was mm-hmm. built back up until now I'm in my 30s and I thought oh I met this cute chemist guy and uh, you know ugh, everybody's talking about psychedelics fuck it I'm going to do some research I'm in I'm doing it with the cute chemist guy mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I don't I don't need to because I hallucinated it wasn't that great though and I just thought I like I like being present you know mm-hmm. I do drink but I like navigating life and trying to find higher consciousness just by doing like cognitive mm-hmm. behavioral therapy or like mm-hmm. I don't know, self-help tapes mm-hmm. or uh, or just working through things with the power of my mind being present or meditating mm-hmm. or um, – and then I also got in a fight with a guy. And I'll throw this right back to you and I'll stop just talking about myself. No, but, uh, I love it. But I uh, – <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I got – and then after I did DMT with this guy because I didn't feel like he was very warm during mm-hmm. the experience. I felt like he wasn't uh, – he was very cavalier and kind of like didn't recognize like it could be a scary thing to try this like most intense uh, mm-hmm. psychedelic ever. But then afterwards, he was like, we should do we should do uh, Salvia next. Like next time, like we hang out. He lives in New York. It makes some YouTube videos. Dude. I know. Seriously. <laughs> and I was like, uh, no, I already did 2CB with you. I already I just did DMT. We smoke pot. I already drink alcohol. Like I'm, I'm open to trying things, but like I don't usually do drugs. Uh, and he goes, he cuts me off and he goes, oh, I hate it when people are like, do drugs to make it seem like it's a bad thing. It's like, like he doesn't like that phrasing because mm-hmm. he thinks drugs are good. He doesn't think that any of them are bad. And I was like, all right, how should I refer to it? Uh, having an experience? Okay, fine. I do not want to have a salvia experience, you know? <laughs> and he was like, well, what's your reason? And I went, I just don't, I don't feel drawn to it. I don't mm-hmm. want to do it. And then he told me that that was dumb uh, mm-hmm. if I don't have a good reason not to, because I yeah, guess he just loves all this drugs. This relationship is over. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I know. No, he, thank you. And then he went to his bedroom and laid down, mm-hmm. and I waited in the living room, and then I walked in the bedroom, and I went, wait, what? You just went and got into bed and didn't tell me? What's, go- what's going on, you little bitch? Like, I was, Yeah, was, he was, sounds was... terrible. You think so? Yeah. You think so too, Aristotle? Yeah. Okay. He was nodding in the background. Yeah. Oh, He's yeah? making the like... I couldn't face. believe it. Oh, and then I was like, God, all those people in... Uh, New York died from the from doing synthetic cannabinoids mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Oh, that's a shame. And he went, he was like, "Is it a shame? Those deaths are a gift." I mean, I'm like, oh I'm, my god! I'm actually, I'm actually like, this is like very. What's the word? Hyperbolic. I'm just like, yeah. I'm enhancing it. But this is like what I took from it. He's like, he's like, yes, people dying, not good. But actually, it's a gift to science. And I was like, yeah, but like, Whoa. but the mom of the 15 year old kid is probably bummed that her kid like. <laughs> No, dude. Like, what if you bought Aristotle? You bought some synthetic cannabinoids. You're dead, and then what's his name is all like, 
it's a gift to science. There are other things too. Oh, there's one comment. You don't need other things. Why are you looking? Why are you allowing other things? That's enough. Then he made a joke and he went, what would be the deal breaker with me? And I was like, I I was like, I don't know if you're a child molester. And he was like, oh, really? If you're a child molester, it would be a deal breaker. But I still want to, I want to learn more. I want to hear more about it. I want to get the details first before I decide. And I was like, check, please. We're out of here. Um, (laughs) I do have a friend who this actually sounds like. Um, uh, maybe but, you know him. <laughs> I, I don't think you're dating okay. Bruce. But 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 and like what's in like I remember having a conversation with him and he was like I talking about how we should be allowed to sleep with five year olds. But he doesn't actually believe any of it. He just like is interested in the discussion like, it spurs. Yeah. So like well, but even creepy. that yeah. is kind of dicky. Like you dicky. don't need to But he, he can I just tell you a quick story yeah. about him? Uh, yeah, you're on the podcast and I'm interviewing him. Meanwhile I'm like, uh don't don't interrupt me, Aya. <laughs> okay. I have things to tell you. No, talk to talk at you about. I love it. I'm not that interesting. So I'd love <laughs> You to, are No, I'd love to hear all about you. Um the uh okay i just want to tell this story because it's so brilliant um so my friend bruce was cast in the um remake of big for network television this is like back in the early 90s maybe Mm -hmm. i mean uh who knows he was cast in big and he hated it and bruce is one of those people who just doesn't do what he doesn't want to do um he still doesn't have a cell phone he's just a very like his way uh, and really intelligent guy. So he gets cast in Big, and he is having a horrible time on set, and he feels like he just wants out, and he tries to get out of his contract, and they're like, absolutely not. You're not allowed out of your contract. So what he does is, after exhausting all the options, he calls the producers, and he leaves them a voicemail, and he says, I am a pedophile and the child in the show is in danger. So to remove that danger for the child and myself, I am leaving. And he gets on a plane and goes back to New York and he gets back and he listens to his message machine and they're like, you're a fucking asshole. We don't believe you, but fine, you're fired. And he got out of his contract. my God. And it's kind of such a badass story, but also kind of an... I mean, like, he's just kind of an amazing... Is he single? How tall is he? I need to know everything. I can't believe it. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's incredible. Isn't that an incredible I sh- story? I should introduce him to the uh, to my friend I did drugs with. Great. My you ex-lover. Guys, guys my ex-lover who I think still thinks everything's fine. Well, he won't after this podcast. He doesn't even listen. That's the thing. I sent him my eight-minute short film Why that you, I wrote and wait. directed. He didn't even watch it. Alexi, I think we should break up with him right now on the podcast. Oh, let's call, you and know then what? See, <laughs> this will be the test. If he listens and is like, yo, you broke up with me on your podcast, then maybe he gets a second chance because you, he's listened. If you're listening, and he's not even my boyfriend, he's my uh, long distance uh, lover pal mm-hmm. or whatever he referred to himself as. And uh, you know what? Uh, another thing he said too, he was like, I was like, are you happy? And he was like, he was like, happiness is not my goal. Sometimes I'm happy, but like, that's not. Does it matter to him? Anyway, listen, I'm all over the place. Here's what I think DMT did. I'm also a little bit worried because I did it like less than a week ago. I feel like my spelling is suffering. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a little hazy and not as sharp as I usually am. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Are you playing Pokemon? What are you doing? The guy that I'm talking about? All right. He doesn't even care. Nobody cares. I'm so disappointed in men at large. Anyway, 
But I feel like DMT. You would love my husband, but he's like just truly like the greatest human. I'm like the bad person in the relationship. So. Oh my god, that's what I, I do want to ask you. That that's oh my what god, you want right? After, I, I you want, want to feel like I am the the lesser human in the relationship. That's what you should go for. That is exactly what I want. Well, first I'm going to finish this thing, yes. and I'm going to throw. Okay, okay. I feel like DMT uh, maybe help me get over my addiction to Listerine mint strips and spray because mm-hmm. I usually have tons of it here, not here, mm-hmm. and. Maybe help me kick my addiction of men because I'm taking a year off, mm-hmm. a year off of dating, and I feel good about it. And I do want the kind of man that you're with because he loves he, he, he. I think he probably loves you more than you love him, right? No, it's equal. No, it's but an it exclusive. Lo- no, this is exclusive. <laughs> love Alexi content. <laughs> no, but it may look like that. Like he may be more demonstrative of it. What is he? This guy also didn't like PDAs. Had a hard time. Like he's just so awkward. Everything was awkward. Anyway, sorry. You don't like him. That's the way you're I learning. totally like him. No, you don't. I do like you him. You don't actually well, like him. Aya, Listen to yourself. Aya, Aya, Aya. <laughs> Aya Cash, star of You're the Worst. Tell me some things first. Tell me why this. Mm-hmm. I had my... I, I've only known him for seven weeks. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of promise. He told me he loved me very early on. Another great sign mm-hmm. in a relationship. Four days of knowing each other, he told me he loved me. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel compelled to feel sad after seeing these red flags and knowing, oh, no, I've got to walk away after this New York experience. I've got to, like, stop being obsessed with him and being and longing for him. Why do I feel sad? You know why. Because it's sad because you invest something and you get excited and then it doesn't work out. And you're like, well, fuck, I got to try again with someone else. I got to find someone else who has potential and and attraction. You know, I feel like as we get older, like there's just less people who are interesting to us. Yeah. It's not that they aren't there, but you're, you you have a clearer sense of what you want and what you're interested in. And, you know, it's just hard. Yeah. That's all. It's, it's, a, it's fine to be disappointed, but don't confuse disappointment with with really wanting someone. You don't want him. You just want something better. You're just looking for so something. So and, I'm mourning the death of the dis- of, of what yeah. could have been, which I didn't find. Okay. Yeah. So okay. what is what does your we husband... We fixed it all. We fixed it all. Thank <laughs> you for listening. This will, be, this will be called, you know, the podcast where I talk to uh, Aya, or well, anyway, about myself only. Um, <laughs> what does your husband get mad at you for? Like, what are the things that, ca- that come up where you're like, oh, no, no I've got to work on that? Uh, well, to st- okay. So start out early in our relationship, he told me I was mean. And I had been told I was mean before, like in fights, like I just go for the jugular. And um, I never believed people because they were mean. So I was just like, well, fuck you. You're you're mean to me. Of course I'm going to be mean back. Yeah. And when he said it, he's not mean. Oh. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm mean. So I went to therapy for a few years. Yeah. I'm not as mean anymore. I'm really not. It's like a really, it was a really good lesson in terms of like how to fight in a way that was like loving and also like the end goal is to like not be fighting and to figure something out rather than just like hurt somebody as as much as you can, which yeah. is what my impulse was. Do when you, I got hurt, I would be like, I'm just going to tear you to pieces. Are your parents still together? No. Oh. <laughs> Why do you ask? I don't know. I mean, this is weird. Um, uh, so, but your dad is a... My dad's a Buddhist priest. Okay. Um, but he's had many jobs. My dad uh, was in a Balinese gamelan. He was a therapist for a while. Now he's a Buddhist teacher and lay priest. Um, my mom is a poet and a novelist. Um, Where do they live? And a musician. Oh, and he was a musician. That both Bay Area. And why did they split? Uh, my mom says because my dad joined a cult. Oh wow! My dad never really explained. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, my dad does say he was like a part of a kind of a culty thing for a while. He like had a guru. But a guru. Um, yeah, they're they're pretty hippie dippy, but not like open eyed like everything's great. Like yeah. kind of like more like mm, I don't know, bohemian but sarcastic. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Sarcastic they're bohemian. Not, yeah, they're not but like my dad was in a naked street theater group for a while. How was that? And I wasn't around for okay. that. Okay. <laughs> but like they but they both like very artistic types. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And yeah, they were only together two years. Two have they ever married? They were married. They were married. Um my my parents have five marriages between the two of them. Oh my all, god. In, including double counting of the one to each other. Um, and my dad is married for now 20 years to his third wife and my mom is single. Do you, oh, your mom is single? Mm -hmm. Does she date? A little bit. She, her memoir is out by the way. Her Mm -hmm. memoir is out? Tell us right now. We're plugging her memoir. Bukowski in a sundress. Wait, hold on. Bu, Bu, not Bukowski. Well, she says Bukowski. (laughs) So I say Bukowski. Bukowski in a sundress by Kim Adonizio. So her memoir just came out and she talks a lot about this and, um, her last boyfriend was a year older than me her so. last boyfriend was a year oh so she's dating she's living she her dated. life and having sex she's and- not dating a lot these days she would like to be but she sort of finds men that are her age are interested in much younger women or they are sort of not as my mom like is tattooed she's you know wants to go out till four in the morning listening to you know blues music she's not um so she just is having a hard time finding her people yeah. in the dating world. She sounds like my mom. My mom goes to Burning Man, does oh, mushrooms, really? has tattoos, and is, like a, is a rocker. Did she try to date women for a while? No, but your mom did. <laughs> I feel like my mom like went through a very quick, like maybe, but I feel like it's very common, like interesting, artistic, sort of creative women of a certain age are now trying to at least date each other because the men are just gone Dis- and at disappointing that point. they're gone they're yeah, dating younger women yeah so it's uh it's very common my mom likes men so yeah oh but she tried i think she tried very very briefly so and i'll just go back to the psychedelic to taking psychedelics do, did you do did your mom or dad take mushrooms or do lsd yeah, or yeah, yeah. They've, done, LSD? they've done everything yeah? yeah so why do you and so you love you like mushrooms because why? Mushrooms were my favorite because I found it was like a, I mean, not to get, I Do found it. it was a spiritual experience. Really? See, I didn't get spiritual on DMT. I'm so bummed. And I was listening to you talk to, uh, to Steve uh, Agee. Yeah. How do you say his name? Agee. Agee. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just can't get names right today. It's the yeah. DMT. Yeah. It's the motherfucking. Blame it all. Blame <laughs> it on the DMT. All right. So, yeah, you guys were talking about uh psychedelics yeah but so spiritual go on yeah i just think it's like a spiritual experience and i like that it sort of shifts your consciousness i think it, my dad always says that he gets it through meditation now he doesn't do drugs anymore yeah but it's a similar sort of thing that happens on like a meditation retreat for a week or a month i guess i'm just impatient and i want to like eat some mushrooms and have it happen now yeah. rather than put the work in um but i just find it uh, I've, n- I've really never had a bad experience on mushrooms um, and I've always been very careful in how I do them maybe there's one when I was young there was a couple times where I like, went to a stupid party but like in nature with good friends you know that's what you do yeah. and I find that they've shown in studies that the the things that you learn on mushrooms stay with you oh wow so um, and it's been very helpful for like end of life stuff as well is that people um it's been very helpful sort of transitioning 
into death. I mean, like, which sounds crazy, but no, it's real. Um, I, I just think they're they're good if done responsibly and safely, and in an in a good, healthy, warm environment. And you'd never share that with your husband. I, I would if he was up for it. And he's we've talked about it a little bit. I don't, also don't want to be the person, though, that's like, like you've got to do yeah. mushrooms We're and then he fucking mushrooms. has a horrible time and, like, loses his mind. Yeah. So That was the thing I was scared of when I was when I did DMT. I was just like, oh, my God, what if I never get out of this? My, I had, like, a rapid heartbeat and, mm-hmm. uh, and I was seeing things and sound was affected. And I just thought, oh, my God, what if I – what if this is it? Yeah. What if I'm just in this state forever? And I was terrified. Yeah. Um, but, uh, man – how do we get over uh let's get out of this. Let's transition. How, how do we transition out of drugs? <laughs> oh god. What do you got? Show me your nose. No, 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 no. Look. Um, can I smell your cap really quick though? Smell my cap. Because if I'm going to smell it for Let me smell it because I always feel like it's very sexy to smell a man's baseball cap because I always feel like it's like all sweaty and bizarre but mm-hmm. like pheromony. So if I feel like since I'm not dating men for a year, mm-hmm. um, maybe it's my foray into dating women. I'm getting really nervous right now. Perfection. <laughs> She's she's gagging actually away from the mic, but okay enough. It, enough, it doesn't enough. smell enough if you ask me. <laughs> All right, enough. <laughs> I'm like Hannibal Lecter and just like it's funny because my husband loves the smell of my head, like and I think like there is a pheromonal thing with heads. Like I love to smell my husband's head. Like TMI. He like <laughs> yeah. What is this podcast? Oh my god. <laughs> He loves to smell your cap, just your head, just my head. Just like he, head. he doesn't like if I haven't like washed my hair in two days. Like that's the best. Oh God, I'm sharing every. I've just hey, really opened up. Here. Let loose, why don't you? Come on, get into it. Oh God. Um, holy shit. So how long are you here for? So you're shooting. You just finished shooting like the. Oh my God, this is like me trying to make a casual <laughs> transition from sniffing your hat. It's yeah, great. Oh God. Um. Anything that goes wrong, I can blame on the DMT experience. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so you just finished shooting season no. three. Or you're still shooting We're it? still shooting. I just have today off. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for making time for us. Yeah, um, um, yeah we're about halfway through. Not even. Well, don't like, you dare lie to me. No, like a third of the way through. A third of the way through. And where? what does your husband do? He's a writer and a producer. So uh, I make him my house husband when we're shooting. And he comes to L.A. and... Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. Last year, he like swam four days a week. He, he kept d- it. I was like, keep it right and tight. Go grocery shopping. Like, you know, go clean the bathroom when it needs to be clean. Oh, my goodness. And he had an amazing time. This time he's working. What is he working on? Uh, developing. Developing some projects. Stuff? So he's uh, he mainly makes documentaries. Okay. Um, although he has some feature stuff that he is, is in the works. But um, he makes documentaries. He's kind of like a doc doc. So he gets hired when first-time filmmakers or people whose docs are sort of stalled out and they don't know what to do with it. And he comes on and he'll write and he'll fix and find story and create a movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. A doc doc. Yeah, and he's about to direct his first doc. Well, he co-directed one, but um, he's, like, started from the very beginning. He's he's working on that. Where do you stay when you're in Los Angeles? I want an exact address. And which window is better to peep in? <laughs> where do you stay? The Oakwoods? No. Uh, no. Please don't tell anybody, but kind of. But where? Laurel Canyon. Laurel right now, Canyon. this year. Last year, I was in Mount Washington. Oh, God. Yeah. 
But now the show is making more money and they can afford to put you up. In no, no, no. They don't put me up. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, actually, and I love Mount Washington. You do? Honestly, if I lived here full time, we, we, I feel she's, I, I have like weird Let it out. guilt about making money because I never had any and I'm very identified with being poor, but I'm definitely not poor anymore. Oh, you, you <laughs> identify with being poor. Because mm-hmm, you look, don't you feel like you seem like a, like a, a private school? Like, didn't you feel like people thought you had money? No, because I'm a poor kid, and I always feel like people think that I'm a rich kid or that I came from money. Oh, maybe because like anyone bit. in this business now, if you have anything going on, you, people assume you're from money because it's so hard now to, especially now, I feel like to make like, money, live in New York and be an artist. Like you, yeah. you better have a trust fund. But go on, you're um, saying you're making money. You identify as a poor kid, but now yes. you're making money, Mount Washington. Yes. yes. Anyway, we bought. So we bought a house in and, Little Canyon. Yes, and we. Um, are only here four months a year and we bought it as an investment for so we rent it out and try to make a little money on a on it so that i can still do theater for 250 dollars a week in new york when i want to yeah and you know when this job is over that there's something too but do you see how i'm over explaining because i'm like anxious about the fact that i bought a house no this is fantastic do you own your apartment in new york no are you going to are you trying to no you're hoping to we what have a rent stabilized apartment do yeah. you like airbnb it when people are uh you're not you're not we sublet it but we don't try to make you know we're not like trying yeah. to make a bunch of money off of it we're just trying to keep it we also have a house upstate i feel like i need to be honest oh about my that. god <laughs> you motherfucker i know <laughs> you have a house upstate. okay i is biting her beautifully manicured nails i can't believe you are you messing with your mail let me see let me see your nails here <laughs> they're they're gels i can bite them that's oh, why they're gels. <laughs> Wait, let me see this. I get chills too. I'm getting mine read. Oh, this is great. What you can't see, she is a she is a she has an alternative uh, fringe manicure happening where instead of the white tips, she has black tips. She's a youthful, cool woman I have living to, her goddamn life. It's actually I have to get them for continuity for the show, so I have to get gels because I bite we my nails. We get it. We get it. You're a working actress. I know. Why am I so embarrassed about it? Don't be. I'm this really a, proud of it, too. This like, is I work my ass off, but there are people who work 10 times harder than me who don't have what I have, Fuck. and that makes me feel like shit. Fuck them. Tell me about the audition for You're the Worst. And wait, and what was the... Listen, let me get myself in order here. Okay. My are we going to start the podcast? Yeah, let's just begin <laughs> an hour and 10 minutes into the show, all right? I feel good. I feel ready. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Uh, but, and also, I want you to think about who I should date. Who, even though I'm taking a year off, okay. Have it in the back of your mind where you're like, okay, I got a sense of Alexi. We've met each other two times, uh, mm-hmm. IRL, mm-hmm. and this might be a good person for her. And you need a tall guy, tall guy, okay. my age or older, mm-hmm. kind, warm, handsome. There we go. And is Pete not single? That's so funny because I completely <laughs> asked that question to Aristotle. He is very not, tall, isn't he? He's very tall. Very tall. Mm-hmm. I can't take. And it seems lovely for having no idea who I was or how we met. Oh my God. I'm glad you're not holding on to that or anything. <laughs> I didn't think he seemed interested enough in me. I, I got worried because I gave him Oh, I thought my... you guys knew each other. Oh no, not at all. Oh my God. Oh, that's good. I felt familiarity between you two. I felt like I lost his gaze too quickly. I was like, oh my God, he's looking away. I gave him my power mm-hmm. and then I like suffered for that Yeah, internally. Okay. Anyway. So. Audition? I, like I want to know about the audition process for you're mm-hmm. the worst mm-hmm. you were on a show previously with cal penn right at some fox show mm-hmm. am i wrong mm-hmm. no you're not wrong. good I, I, I did some research mm-hmm. i tried to watch as many episodes as possible of you're the worst mm-hmm. uh all right tell me about the audition process for you're the worst and we'll get the other shit so i was doing that show with cal penn which was essentially i would say one to five lines 
on a Monday, I would fly in, do my one to five lines yeah. as Cal Penn's ex-wife with our 12-year-old daughter, which oh my God. really upset me when I, I was like, um, they're going to change that. Like, they're going to see me and be like, no, 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 she no. much younger. And yeah. then I was like, oh, I could have a 12-year-old. Um, and so I was doing a play in New York, and then I was flying in to do my one to five lines on We Are Men with Cal Penn. And uh, I happened to be here to audition for You're the Worst. I hung out with Steven the year before on a different project. We like had coffee at a Starbucks in the Valley Ooh. and wore the exact same sunglasses. And he's from San Francisco, too. So we liked each other. And Steven was the writer producer on Weeds. Yeah. Yes. Right. OK. Genji and Cohen he created show. You're the Worst. Yes. Um, so I knew I liked him and I read it and I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And they'll never let me do it. You know, the whole cast it in the waiting room thing i was like oh i need to be like 10 inches taller and two cup sizes bigger you know i sort of why did you think that because well because um you're like because the script called for it because he wrote that into the script no well it was like the most beautiful hottest woman ever but i mean it's actually kind of oh god i love steven so much i don't want to like this this is the only uh, like not great thing that i could ever possibly say i don't want to get you fired i don't we can edit anything out after this okay so i have a thing about breakdowns like i have a really hard time with the breakdowns for women because they're always about how we look and they're always just totally fucked up and and i can't believe that this is what like how we describe women but it was something to the extent of like the most beautiful girl in the world but now she's hit hit 30 and can hold a, a pencil under her boob like something like that and I was like, okay, so you're going to get like a... She's about to take notes. No, no, <laughs> you like, going to try to hold the pencil? I to see if I can hold a pencil we're, we're both smaller chested. I think I can. Oh, I'm holding really a pen. Nice. <sighs> beautiful boobs. You saw them? I just saw the bottom. It was like really... Yeah, you yeah, have it was, great boobs. It was holding a pencil. Okay, keep going. <laughs> anyway. Keep going. Okay, sorry. I'll do that later in my own time. Mourning um, the death of my relationship. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. H- anyway. Holding a pencil. So that's why I thought I'm not I'm you know, I'm like a short little sort of like cute redhead with freckles. And, you know, I'm just not like a typical Hollywood hottie. I didn't go in for like what it wasn't like me and and the girls of the CW competing for roles. Thank God. What is a spinner? Is oh, are you going to call a, me a, a, spinner? a tiny girl who can spin on a man's private? Yeah, it's like a ti- so and it's what, Jewish, right? It's I like a so, Jewish, yeah. tiny Jewish girl. Do you watch a millionaire matchmaker? She always, like, uh, yeah, yeah, Patty yeah. Stanger is always referring to totally. spinners. Anyway, that's yes. how they're here nor there. So go on. So, yeah, sure. you're annoyed by the thing. So, well, I just didn't think, I immediately went into, like, this is not the kind, I'm not the kind of person that will get this role. And then I went in and I had a great audition and kept auditioning. And um, then I tested and didn't get it. They, who are you up against? Can you say? I don't want to say. Yeah, don't say. That's totally That's a no. test. You know what? I just want to see, like, are you a good person? <laughs> yes, you are. Um, I was a very talented, very beautiful actress. And um, so I didn't get it. And I flew back to New York and I was devastated. And they were like, well, they're not releasing you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah we've done this before. That doesn't mean anything. And um, Stephen, I guess, was like, I want you, the network doesn't, so we're going to retest you. So he happened to be in town for his episode of Orange. and Orange is a New Black? Yes. He was directing? Okay. He wasn't directing. He had written it. 
Oh. Um, so he was in town. So I went to their offices and like in their office retested just me and Stephen making like a little VHS. T- I mean, it wasn't VHS, yeah. but it felt like that. And part of it was they were like, like in my audition, I had worn like leather and like smeary lipstick and like I was eating a muffin through most of it and I was kind of a mess. And they were like, just clean it up, like be a little less the character um yeah. <laughs> they want to be more light and likable and soft L- a little bit yeah like the the words and i don't know who this was from i know it wasn't from steven but the words that were used were more meg ryan to i responded which decade yeah <laughs> because which, there's a lot of different meg ryan yeah um it was yeah so and then i got it so and i have never felt like sort of second fiddle or like FX has actually been incredible to me and said to Stephen, you were right and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I met also Stephen's fiance um, is a small redhead. I was like, is this based on his life? No. Are you sure? hundred percent. You better not lie to me. I'll smell your cap Stephen's actually great. Okay. Um, And uh, yeah, so like it's and I actually just posted a picture. She and I showed up to work wearing the exact same overalls with red shirts and like big funky glasses. Like it makes sense now that like Stephen's version of a hot girl is like not. But you are a hot girl, by the way. You are. But I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah. yeah, but this idea of like. Kim Kardashian or whoever the fuck it is now. Yeah, go on. Yeah, which is not what I think. I mean, I I actually think Kim Kardashian is stunningly beautiful. Her her way too much makeup for my taste but there's like you know like the qualities that i value in women are just exteriorly that's a word uh are not the thing that i was holding myself to you know what i mean like i was sort of creating this idea of what it meant and i thought about that like in terms of breakdowns like maybe i can just read them differently like hot sure or just disregard them because this is what you're like. Exactly. Whatever it is. Who cares? Yeah, because all, all you are that. is you. And, you know, how can you decide who's... I got another one that was like um, somewhat attractive. And I wrote back to my agents and I said, to whom? I just, yeah. you know, because I need to... Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. But it's a... true that I, I'm just as guilty of sort of writing that narrative in my yeah. head. How many times have you tested before? I mean, for, for jobs in general. Lots. I mean, I've yeah. done, I don't know how many, like five failed pilots. Really? Five, yeah. Oh, and God. and I did a series in 2010 that was What was that called? Quick. Traffic Light. Traffic Light? Yeah. Do you take propranol? Do you get very nervous or, or take beta blockers like propranol? I don't. You don't? You no, don't get nervous? I, I get super nervous. I don't take anything. Yeah. Because I also like, then there's a part of me that's like, what if that nervousness is good and yeah. like gives me energy? I'm pretty, someone said to me once, I think the creator of Traffic Light was like, we were worried you were like too confident when we tested you. Because I can come off, I can, like, sometimes when I'm at my worst inside, it doesn't, it looks the opposite. Oh. Um, and I'm realizing that now about myself. And I actually don't like it. Like, I did Conan and I was such a nervous wreck. And I went on and I felt terrible and I was embarrassed and I cried afterwards. I was like, I've embarrassed myself and my family. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, you can't see any of that. And part of me was like, great. And the other part of me was like, that's not real, though. Like my friend Kether went on Conan and she is a mess on that stage in the best way. She's like, 
oh my god, I'm so nervous. She's like drinking out of a cup that's filled with filled with whiskey. Yeah. He doesn't believe her. He like takes a sip. He's like, really? oh my god, you're actually drinking whiskey. Wait, where did she get the whiskey? You can bring whiskey on a Conan? She like was like, fill my goddamn coffee cup with whiskey. To who? Oh my god, I want to. So, like the people, I would never think to do I love, this. I want to be a serious regular on a show just so I can be on Conan, just so I can drink, uh, you know, a, a mug of vodka. Okay, keep yeah. going. But that's what I mean. Like it was just so genuine and and real and like that whole set the whole talk show setup is fake you like they contact you the day before you get interviewed or tell a bunch of stories then they pick the stories you're going to tell and then you act like the host doesn't know the story that they've picked that you're going to tell and let them ask and like pretend that you're like oh what am I going to talk about oh here's my joke that I told you that you told me I had to say yeah so it's just a really and I just like Anyway, so I, sometimes when I'm actually feeling terrible and scared, it, I can come off as like completely calm and and together. And I, I think that's both like a blessing and a curse because I think it's great sometimes because I don't always want people to know that I'm a mess. Yeah. But on the other hand, like it just feels weird. I shut down. We have we did skydive. We Kether and I went skydiving. Who's Kether, by the way? Who is this Kether? She's um she's on the show. Oh, with me. she's your she's Lindsay. Okay, got it. And we're very good friends in real life. And we went skydiving last year. I and do our that. skydiving videos are just like so such an example of this. Where you're like I am co- totally calm face, totally beautiful quiet, <laughs> like zen looking. We're up in the plane. We jump out. My entire there's a podcast, so this is not going to be helpful. But my entire ride down is this. Oh God, I've got to Snapchat this. Just like, plur, just like Zen. Like face. just Zen. I'm looking around. I'm trying to. I'm fucking terrified. Inside, you're like, Whoa! but I'm also like, experience this moment. Experience yeah, this moment. Oh experience this moment. Kether is like talking and screaming the entire way up and the entire way down. She's shouting at the top of her lungs. She's kind of humping the guy on her no. back oh, was he and cute? screaming at the top of her lungs. Yeah. She accidentally left her mouth open, which you're not supposed to do when you jump. She's like flapping in the way. But like, it's so just like an expression to the nth degree. And like, that's the difference between us. And I envy sometimes that ability to just like, yeah, I'm so scared to like, be taken this is no i'm not what am i tell me where are we this is i'm so scared to what wait what what would happen are you getting i don't like to be taken care of and i don't like so like i go inward so like no one has to deal with it yeah and i get very scared that like oh if like everybody has to deal with it like everybody will hate me or 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 you'll be abandoned or something something like like i'm sure god and yet you found someone who loves you yeah and you can be your complete self with him completely and do you feel like it grounds you so you can put attention on other things? Do you feel like your career got better when you got so, like solid with or you're always doing great or or I don't know, when you got solid with in your romantic life, do you feel like that was like, okay, now I can leap off of this solid foundation into my career staff? I mean, I I guess it's hard to tell because we got together so early. I yeah. was a waitress for like 4 years. We remember chatting you. Yeah. No longer open. But I'm saying like I was still we were together those 4 years. Yeah. So, it wasn't that um yeah, I, I don't know if I would connect the two up. It's sort of hard to since I was never like dating. God, I want to go skydiving now. It's great. You should do, do it for charity. We did it for charity. You did it for how do I do it for charity? There's this woman. I'll Sorinda do everything for charity. Swan. Sorinda. Swan. I'm writing yeah. this up. Sorinda. Sorinda Swan. <laughs> What's her deal? Yeah. Um, and she does this thing called 18 for 18, and you go skydiving at 18,000 feet, and it, it, you raise money for. Um, uh, to stop sex trafficking oh around the God. world, so different organizations. It's great organization. I want to do it again this year, but I think we're shooting, and there's some, you know, 
I think there's some contractual insurance shit oh, that you're not supposed to like, jump, out, jump of out of a plane in the <laughs> yeah. middle of your we season. We've got to get the shot um, yeah. before you jump out of a plane. How does that work? How do you, how do you, if I contact her, how does that work? How does she raise money based on... Uh, you raise money. So you'll I, like, she sets you up on her website thing and then you raise money. I can put you in contact. Okay. Um, you raise money <laughs> like through your social network, through your yeah. friends, your family. Yeah. Um, and then they donate to you and then you just go skydiving with them. Oh my God. Is there yeah. like a certain amount of money you have to hit? I think it's two grand. You can but, do that. Yeah. My goodness, and then and then and then the skydiving experience is, is free for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen, it's great that I'm going to be helping people. Yeah, <laughs> but I want to make sure. It's- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever it takes to help yeah. people. Yeah, totally. <laughs> whatever the incentive is, free skydiving experience. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my God. Well, I have more things to ask you. Are you okay? Yeah, you ready for this? Yes. I mean, I just don't even really know where to go from here. Mm-hmm. No. Um. Do you judge your character? Like, do you have an idea of, like, how similar are you to the character that you play? Because, uh, and how would you, how would you describe her? Um, now I know season two, you're going through clinical depression. Mm-hmm. I know that's like a big thing that, the, you know, everybody's, everybody lo- loves how you're portraying clinical depression in mm-hmm. a real way in the series. Uh, do you identify with your character at all? Or do you think she's a bad person? Do you? I definitely don't judge her. Yeah. Um, I identify in some ways and then not in others. Again, she's kind of uh, too too much of a mess. Like I would like to be like just totally unaware and let myself go crazy sometimes. But I'd, yeah. I'd be too worried to like, oh, no, someone's going to have to take care of me if I get shit face drunk yeah. and drive. You know what I mean? I mean, also, I don't want to kill people. And that's yeah. fucked up. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like there, there are parts that I identify and parts that I don't. Um, I do not have clinical depression. Let it be known. Well, you I just yeah. I find it very, it's really complicated to talk about because I run. I sort of swing low and yeah. I have depressive periods, but I'm not, from what I understand of what clinical depression is, I'm not clinically depressed and I don't need to be on medication. Mine what? is mostly circumstantial and I sort of have a lower resting rate, Yeah, me too. but it's nothing that, and I don't want to be disrespectful per, to people who really suffer from the kind of clinical depression that is in the show. Um, you know, when I hear Sarah Silverman talk about her depression, that is not the same kind of depressive experience that I have. What is clinical depression? Um, I mean, it's it's very hard to talk about because it's very subjective and we do sort of over-medicate at this point in society on everything. And yet there is a real sort of brain chemistry thing where you cannot, I mean, basically the lows get so low that you, that it's, it's unhealthy. You can't, it's not sort of the normal circumstantial stuff. You get hit by a ton of bricks and you can't get out of bed for weeks. I mean, I think there's different levels and, and that's where it gets complicated is what level do you um, deal with with medication. And I think they've proven that, you know, medication, meditation, self-help, all these things, are therapy tools. are tools Walking, that will exercise. help you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but it is subjective. I yeah. mean, psychiatry is subjective. Um, is it boiling in here? It's so hot. It's hot in here. What are we going to do? Will you turn the fan on? Will you help us? You're not going to, it is on the fan. Oh my God. It's a metaphor for life. It is on. Oh my God. How do we get out of this? (laughs) That's right. How do we deal with this? Um, didn't it feel like Jordan Bill Roberts made it seem like he created the show? Because here's here's what I feel like. I remember when really? we were talking about You're the Worst, and he was like, on Facebook, he'd be like, my show, You're the Worst, we did it. 
But it's because the person who directs the pilot gets like an EP credit, right? Yeah, I think you get a piece of the show. And and Jordan, you know, set the visual tone. He hired the DP. You know, in some ways it is. We he hasn't been back since season one because of his big fancy movie. But we all feel like he's a part of the show. Like he really does. Yeah. That's not a misrepresent that's not like a a misrepresentation on his part. Okay, good. Just making sure. Just keeping him in check. Yeah. Um Man, it's a tangential journey we're going on here. But he's really just the assistant director on Kong, so I don't know why he's making such a... No! Oh my god! Leave it. I really hope he hears this. I so hope he hears this. There's no way he'll listen to this. He would never listen to anything that <laughs> nah, has nothing to do with him. This. Yeah, he's probably no. he's probably on a mountain. If you title this Jordan Paul Roberts, then maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna write. Because uh, you, you know, know he got that Google alert. Does know? he? He no, does. does. Of course he does. It's like you know, interview with Aya Cash. Don't listen, Jordan Bo Roberts. So then he'll totally listen. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I remember going on a date with him, and he like rented a he borrowed a corvette or like some kind of convertible fancy weird i don't know what kind of car it was and then played like what's that rapper that men love so much who talks about being in a closet r kelly r kelly <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent description yeah and uh it was like i like the flirt it was like somebody it was like the flirt song with r kelly and we're in some fancy convertible and he was like now we're gonna go to that restaurant on robertson that's fancy the the ivy oh and i was oh. like and i was like i can't do this i'm too embarrassed i can't do it and uh yeah he's uh and that was my moment isn't that of, interesting with what guys think is gonna get them laid like oh what, i had like, already had sex with them i had sex on the first date well, do you know what i mean like what but like what's like what is the romantic gesture because everyone values different things right like some girls might be like oh, amazing you went to the convertible and we're going to the ivy yeah, i could but i was it just like shows yeah. how little he knew you at that point I, no, you know I, what i mean like that that would be the thing to like make I, you feel good i think i didn't know me and I didn't know how I would feel about that because I think he was like we're gonna do this quirky weird LA Hollywood thing and then uh, I was like I can't get out of the car I can't go into the Ivy it's too much this is not who I am and I was born and raised in Hollywood and I was just like this is not also I'm so in my head and not in my body do you feel the same way do you like Mm -hmm. live exclusively in your mind Mm -hmm. yeah do you exercise I do here yeah in LA why what does what do you mean here uh I think in New York because you're walking in New York no, I I didn't. I w- I was not like a physical person growing up. I yeah. didn't dance. I didn't play sports. I didn't exercise. Me and I either. always valued like I was one of those obnoxious people who was like, I eat McDonald's four days a week and I don't work out at all. And like, yeah. isn't that great? Um, it is great. I'm older now, so that's <laughs> changing. One, I still go to Taco Bell multiple times a week. You do, but you're on a television but show. I work. You got to work out. Yeah, I, I work out, and it really. I, I wish it was like a health thing, but like the threat of public nudity got me to work out and class pass i am sorry like What's i know class? this is so silly oh, no tell us everything class pass changed my life because i can't just go to the gym i will do nothing yeah oh i actually buy memberships to gyms and then think that's enough and then never go and be like but i bought the gym membership as if that's gonna you know somehow help my body no so class pass changed that for me which is it's like you can go to different classes and then people tell you what to do in these classes and you can go to all different things so if you get bored you go to a different class you find the ones you like i go with my friend amelia who lives out here and that sort of keep makes it feel like a fun thing like i'm meeting a friend i still don't like it like my friends make fun of me that i 
I never look like more homicidal than in a workout class. Like oh, I don't really? smile. And if yeah. a fucking Finally. instructor comes up to me and is like, smile, like that's it. I don't like the cheerleader instructor. I get yeah. very turned off by instructors very quickly. Totally. <laughs> like I'm super judgmental. But at least I go. And you also, I sign up the night before. So if I wake up the next morning, it costs $15 if you don't show up. Oh, no. So I just show up because I'm cheap and I still think I'm poor. Good. So I'm like, I will show up. Like today, I had my mom mom was in town and I had signed up for class. I finished work at 1130 last night and I had a 945 class and I was like, I do not want to fucking go to this stupid class, but I do not want to waste $15. Yeah. So I showed up. Oh my God. I rented a city bike in New York. Oh, the mm-hmm. night I did DMT, mm-hmm. Saturday night. Then I when we, went, we finished up with the DMT, went to Veselka. Mm-hmm. Then at 3.30 in the morning... I rent- love Veselka. Yeah, it was yeah. so great. It's like, for those of you who don't know, it, it, it's like Cantor's in New York, mm-hmm. right? It's like open all night and it's like yeah. a Jewish, whatever, deli, diner, whatever. So then 3.30 in the morning, we rent city bikes to go from uh, the East Village to go over the Williamsburg Bridge to go back to, to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I thought, wow, how romantic, how dreamy. Turns out I got charged like... 300 and something dollars from city bike because it didn't like load properly into or there's some kind of mistake so and i'm like so furious just because like i'm you know, i'm not i'm not want to say i'm cheap but i am a poor kid and i make a living now everything's great but i'm like i will be damned if i'm gonna get fucked over by city bank you know so i, I you know that's more than 15 dollars that you would lose from a class pass yeah. but i just want to say i can totally identify that it's like i don't want to be you know I don't want to lose money. No. It's important. You got to, you got to, you know, we're adults here. No. We got to take care I'm of like, our finances. I'm profoundly cheap and then like unexpectedly, ridiculously generous and oh. open. Like I can't, like there's no like middle ground. Like I don't go to an ATM that's not my ATM. Oh, because it's scary you could get robbed? No, because it's $3 oh, for ah. ATM fee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take cabs if it's like two in the morning. I take cabs so rarely in New York. You're so right. I spent like $100 a day just on like Ubers and cabs. No, I'm believable. Only the subway? Walking? Once, once in a great while. Or like sometimes my husband will be like, can we fucking take a cab from the Upper West Side? You're like, you give me a piggyback ride. Yeah. Um, so I'm like super cheap. But then like I love to like go out to really yummy dinners and I like to take my friends out to dinner. You know, like I, I have like both sides. Yeah. I bought some really fancy shoes today. Oh, what kind of shoes? And who <sighs> makes your bag? Your, your, your fashion backpack? Etsy. Etsy, really? Etsy, China. Oh my God! Holy shit! Um, she supports. Uh, she's fighting against human trafficking, but she's all about Etsy, China. <laughs> but it's faux leather. It is faux leather. Are you vegan? No, no. I eat a lot of meat, and I um, wear leather, so I don't know why I made a big deal about my bag being faux. Aristotle's actually vegan, and he's going to make a doll out of uh, the hair you leave behind Great. and a voodoo doll. <laughs> Fantastic. pins in it. And every time I eat flesh of an animal, a part of me dies. You're going to know. You're going to feel it. Yeah. Uh, here, I'm looking at my copious notes in this grave. <laughs> in this big blank art journal. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, who is this guy who's, who plays your boyfriend on the show? Where did he come from? I've never seen this actor before in my goddamn life, this English guy. Um, who the hell is this guy? Chris. Chrissy gear. I mean, not you've never seen any of us, right? Like, that's the best part about the show is like none of us are famous. Everybody's like, who the fuck are these guys who got a TV show? I, I mean, I suppose, but uh, but really, who is that guy? He's British. He lives in Manchester, England. Okay. 
books everything off tape, by the way. Are you I can't serious? even believe it. I've You're never talk- booked a single thing off a self-tape. You're talking, neither have I. I've, I've only tested one time. It was exhilarating and terrifying and I was devastated. Yeah, but you do commercial. I could never get a commercial. I got one commercial in six years of auditioning. I don't know how to feel about I this. see you on like nine commercials. We're just two white girls chatting about having okay, pretty nice lives. Yes. Uh, but uh, That's I what would, this podcast is, that's right? what this, That is actually, yes, that's the log line of this podcast. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I would way rather, because like, I'm like, the dream is I want to uh, write and direct and act in films I make mm-hmm. and be like a serious regular on a TV show so mm-hmm. I can make money from that to facilitate like other life fulfilling things or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yes, so I book a lot of commercials and there's a lot of money in commercials and that's mm-hmm. fantastic. But uh, I just love that like when I have worked on shows, it's such a nice like the whole family cozy factor where you know the makeup artists and the hair people and you're catching up over the weekend. I'm an only child. Are you yeah. an only child? Yeah. Oh my God, we're the best. Mm-hmm. We have cool tattooed moms. We're only we have, children. Exa- you have no tattoos though, right? I have a tattoo. Where's this tattoo? None of my goddamn business. Tell me. Well, I came of age in the 90s. Where do you think the tattoo you is? You have a tramp stamp? I sure do. Oh, my God. That's like anti-woman, isn't it? Tramp, tramp stamp? stamp? I call it a tramp stamp. I, yeah, because that's okay. Because you've got to have a sense of humor. <laughs> you just got to have a sense of humor. If that's the takeaway from today's podcast. Yeah. You can fuck whoever you want. It's not about... That doesn't make you a tramp. But yeah. the, having that tattoo there is a tramp stamp. Because it means that you're on all fours and somebody's like looking at it when they have sex with you? I don't know what it is. All I know is that it calls attention to an area that... In, that, that Okay. <laughs> we don't want to get too deep with like the feminist thing about this. So yeah. let's just, it's let's a tramp stamp. Um, what the hell are we talking Which about? Which is the story I told on Conan that made me feel like I'd betrayed myself and my family. You talked about your tramp stamp on Conan? I don't know. I thought it was funny. I gotta watch this. I don't know if you do. Oh my God. <laughs> Did Conan seem interested and connected? Uh, he seemed like he was doing his job. He was very lovely. Yeah. Like there was no, I didn't get any bad energy, but it's a weird thing to be asked questions. You know, you're going to be asked and pretend that you're coming up with things. It's just a weird thing. And I've never done one before. So I couldn't sort of tell you. I was so in my own head. I wasn't like, how's Conan doing? Well, I used to be in love with him. I love redheads. Oh yeah. I love that you're, was it, was it nice yeah. talking to another redhead? I mean, I don't know what this question well, is. Mine's this is fake, a, but, um, is it really? What are you naturally? What? Like dirty blonde. Me too. Really? I can't believe us. We're the same human. Who do we think we're fooling? I'm like the flattened, shortened version of me. <laughs> you just stretch me out oh, and I become Alexi. But wait, but why did you go red? Just because you thought like, I'm going to be the red, like, like this is my niche. If no, you will. I just like was bored. I was blonde for a long time. Yeah. You were, I, you were black hair. Yeah. I just was bored. And then I started getting hired this way. Yeah. And it stuck. But like, as soon as you're the worst is over, I probably will switch it up for a little bit. What do you, uh, what do you want for your, for your life? Like, what do you want in the next 10 years? Do you want to have kids? You're already married. You're a series regular on a show. Are you happy? Fairly. I mean, you know, there's, you can, you can be miserable at any stage of life. Yeah. And, and I definitely have. Like I was really messed up last fall. Why? I don't know. Because some things, just life happens. But yeah, I would say, like, I definitely am super appreciative of financial stability. And um, yeah, I got a great dude and really good friends. Like, life is is pretty good. Um, I don't know about kids. Yeah. If I ever want to have kids. I want a dog. You want a dog? Oh, I love that you're saying you you don't know if you want to have kids because I feel... Yeah, I just hate that the pressure uh, is on the woman. Like that's our we ha- that we have an expiration date, and we have to feel the the intense pressure of like, oh my god, our clock is ticking. We might. I hate that. Yeah, I don't want to think about my that. My mom recently told me to freeze my eggs, and I was like, oh fuck. Oh my god, you should freeze an. Em- you you're, you're in a perfect situation. 
you can freeze an embryo because you're already married. You know who your guy is. Mm-hmm. And you can f- afford it. Have you thought about freezing an embryo? Because that those take better than just freezing eggs. I just don't know Is if I weird? feel like I want to. I just don't know. If I just what? like feel. I I, I kind of feel like if I can't have kids later, then I won't have kids. But you don't want to go. It's too scientific and bizarre and futuristic and like. Real, it's not. Weird. It's not like a moral thing. It's not in anything. It's just like a feeling. Yeah. Like it's not an explainable. Like well, it's because of this. I just feel like meh. If I don't. If I can't have kids, then I won't. Um, or maybe we'd adopt, but I don't feel the need to like create. M- I don't have that strong need to create my own child. Yeah. Um, and if I do have that at some point, we can try. But if it doesn't happen, I think I would adopt if I still wanted kids. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's one of those things where I, I feel like I, I'm talking about it all the time these days because uh, all my friends are having kids. And yeah. Everybody wants to talk about that. And I kind of want to take a break from it. I'm like, can we, can I take a year? Can I just like put a memo out? Like, let's take a year off of talking about kids because it's not happening this year. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll think about it later. Well, but well, I definitely want a dog and I'm actively going to rescues and meeting, yeah, meeting potential mates. Well, are you, so you're, and you're here more. Do you seem like you're liking, because I've heard you say in the past, like you don't like, you don't like LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you prefer New York. Mm-hmm. But it's, are you liking L.A. more? I like L.A. fine yeah. now. Yeah. It, I I do the same thing every trip out here. So I'm usually out here four to five months. Yeah. The first month and a half to two months, I'm like, I am moving here. What am I thinking? <laughs> I have space. I have great wet. This is incredible. I work out. I drink green smoothies. Yeah. Here. Like, what is wrong with me? I should live in L.A. And then around month two, I'm like, get me the fuck out of because there's something about like walking out your just walking that I really miss I miss my friends in New York who are these people okay go, go on sorry yeah tons of people you know we have this life in upstate New York that's really important to me that's like really just great and um here you know there are things that I'm more susceptible here insecurities and sort of um cultural things that I'm just not like super good at pushing away like 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 stuff about like the outside like how i look i feel like i get more insecure here about how i look or i start to think like there's certain things that are more normalized in the community out here like you know filler Botox. I've never done any of this. Me neither. And I don't want to. And I feel more open to it here. And I don't <sighs> want to be open to it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like I just know. I don't even want to be judgmental about it because I think it's really fucking tough for women. And uh, you know, I don't want to say that like anyone who does that is bad. I just really hope that I can like feel good about myself without doing that. And I find myself the more time I spend out here, I start thinking. Even the working out, like I work out three to five times a week here and I get anxious if I don't work out because I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking I I think about the exterior more here and I don't like that about myself I don't think that that's everybody though I think there are people who can be here and be themselves see I don't think about the exterior enough I feel like (laughs) I feel like I'm so lazy and such a multi-lazy person and I yeah I love New York because I walk so much and right now because I just got back I'm, I'm trying to be like continue like I'm trying to walk around Los Angeles and be like mm-hmm. yeah just pretend you're still in New York and don't be yeah. self conscious that you're the only person on the on the sidewalk you yeah. know in uh, in L A but uh, yeah I don't know I 
I've been talking about this a lot with my girlfriends about like filler and Botox and all this stuff. And, and people you would not expect yeah. to do it. Like I have really smart kind of hippy dippy, interesting ladies who are doing things because it's like, oh, you're preventative or you do this or you do. And it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look yeah. scary. Yeah, that's the scary thing. Yeah, though. exactly. Like, and then you're like, well, is, am I just it. scared of looking scary or is it a more like I want to make a moral stand. Yeah. But then sometimes it's like, no, these people look like aliens and yeah. I don't want to look like an alien. But I also don't want it. It's just complicated. It's kind of like drugs. It's like when once you take the fear down, you're like, OK, I crossed the line and I tried the drug and now I'm not scared and I can keep going further. It's like mm-hmm. the same with like with filler where my girlfriend, she's 10 years older than me and she had no smile lines and I'm just constantly smiling and mm-hmm. I like I get really self-conscious about my smile lines mm-hmm. and I I don't know if anybody else is looking at them. I'm getting way too real right now, but uh, it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. No, but, I mean, but that's the thing. But like, I we look. shouldn't be embarrassed because that's this is a this is things it, women deal and, with this shit. And and hopefully we can fight against sort of we're both touching our face (laughs) well i'm actually just sweating too (laughs) but i told you we were gonna lose weight on this podcast i told Um, you but you know i mean it's a it's a real thing and i I, yeah like we all want to be like the badass women who don't think about that and who don't care and who are just like i want to be francis mcdormand and not wear makeup on the red carpet i want to be fucking gabby hoffman who just looks so herself and gorgeous all the time and doesn't do it up in the way you know but then i also want to let my you also have to give yourself like a break and say well but you're also you i like clothes i like makeup you know and- uh, you know some makeup sometimes i don't wear it upstate at all yeah and that's like where i feel you know but uh, you know what sometimes i do feel better if i put mascara on and that can that can be okay too it doesn't have to be like you're a terrible woman yeah if you put mascara on oh, i don't think what do you think about facetune do you use facetune ever no no but the, you know I what that is yeah but i i can't it's too I, much. I wouldn't understand well it's yeah. like you put a photo in there and it's yeah. like you zoom in on your face and you can like uh you know eradicate the uh no, Smile but I also or... that gets done and like I mean I'm sure that photo shoots that I've done are oh, yeah. certain. You know what I mean? This like is for I your found social out... media. Yeah. yeah. Go on. <laughs> well, I you're the worst last year I realized that the poster had photoshopped out my moles. <laughs> I have these two moles. And I was like appalled cuz I never felt self-conscious about my moles and now I'm like, "Oh, those are something that make me on a You know what I mean? Somebody saw that picture and was like, "Oh, to make her more attractive or to make it, maybe it looks like a pimple to them. Like whatever it is, they decided that that wasn't what they wanted to show. And I was like, wow, I didn't even realize those were like something to feel self-conscious about. And yet they're on your face on the actual show, which is hilarious. And this poster, (laughs) they just showed me the new poster and I was like, where's my mole? And we zoomed in. We're like, mole made it. It made it? (laughs) Oh my God. And then of course, Steven put a line in the show. He, uh, Chris calls me his mole-lipped girlfriend or something like that. Oh, and I was really? Like, and I feel so... He was like, you made a joke about it on Twitter. I was like, yes, because I felt uncomfortable. Oh, my God. Wait, why did the show move from FX to FXX? Um, because we're one X below porn. No, because... Um, <gasps> what? Go on. Uh, you know, they're trying to establish a new network. Yeah. And we're a younger skewing, meaning like a, you know, under 40 kind of yeah. show. And... um. I think that's it. I, it's 
I think it's actually the best thing that could have happened to our show because there's not a lot of pressure to have high ratings. You know, nobody watches our show. They don't? No. Well, they will now, even on the, <laughs> on this goddamn podcast. I, well, our ratings are very, very low. We're a critical success. We've been nominated for a lot of awards, you know, by the critics, and they write a lot of articles. So um, that feels like, I think, within, like, a smaller portion of the industry, people feel aware of the show. Clearly not Pete Holmes. Oh, but, uh, oh God. It's just a callback. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. So, comedy, I just, comedy. I was proud to make a callback. <laughs> I took UCB 101 and failed out of it. Oh, jeez. Um, but, uh, you know, I... Uh, yeah, it's a it's a very small show, and we get to stay on the air because of the critics and because we're on FXX, where there's not a lot of expectation that we're going to find a huge audience. God, I need to be a series regular on a on an FXX show, or like a CISO, or like a, these a are like CISO. the places that like are doing like new stuff and like aren't saying like you have to make you have to get 20 million viewers or else you're we're gonna get you off the air yeah. it's kind of a perfect setup is there anything you won't do because those new no no you, you didn't really do nudity but yeah you kind of did it's all simulated all simulated it's like it's, those, the pilot is so and there's loved a, all that very sexy <laughs> there's another one this year so second season i'm depressed so i i would be like can i have my shirt on for the sex scene they'd be oh, like sure yeah I hate doing it. I, you I'm do? Not, like, no, like I'm not a, I'm not a, a naked person. You're so sexy and sultry and such a badass. Thank you. Uh, so you're, you're really acting. You're really shit. acting. Um, I just don't like. I wasn't a dancer. I'm not like. I'm not someone who's like a dancer. Like a strip. Like a stripper. No, no. no. What are you like talking my best, about? My, my best friend growing up was a was a ballet dancer. Like everybody's naked all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, oh. So I really hate doing them and I've never done real nudity but the most graphic I've done is is on you're the worst all and I want to do is nudity Some, really? somebody hire me I'm just completely willing to do nudity I've got a great part for you it's called actress is the name of the character I'm ready to do and it she gets fucked oh this man this was another breakdown that I got recently is it really yeah and I turned on the audition even um, though I didn't think the script was bad I was like you know what at a certain point like that's not how I just don't want to go in for that yeah. I'm not going in for that. Yeah. And, you know, it's always feels sh- shitty to turn down a big audition. But I was just like, I'm not doing that. What do you what do you hope to do? Actress that gets fucked. In the next 10 years, like with films, are you, are you doing films? Are you? I want to be Julie who gets fucked. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> I just want a name. Exactly. Um, no, I mean, I want to produce. I'm, that's what I'm starting oh, to really? do. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm like, I'm reading... Um, Christine Vachon's book, which will teach me how to make an amazing movie in the '90s because it's an older book. But well, um, why do I know that name? What did she do? Killer Films. Oh she yes, me, yeah, yes. You know, and I'm reading like how to produce for dummies right now. But uh, I'm producing a movie based on one of my mom's novels. Um, oh, I mean, how many novels does she have? I thought she just had the one that was coming out. No, no, no. She's got a couple novels. She's got like 15. Uh, thank you. And fanning Aya. Yeah, oh, that feels great. Yeah, she's got like 15 books out really yeah, poetry she erotic a, fiction she makes a living doing this uh what kind of living i don't i don't know <laughs> yeah she's hugely successful and she does not make a a, a lot of money yeah. but she makes enough to she teaches online classes and stuff to oh, supplement wow. okay she's one of guggenheim i mean that's how what? hard it is to be a writer Jesus. we think it's hard to be an actor yeah it's like at least an actor you get like one job that suddenly right pays for-, for your year yeah um and uh, but she she works very hard. So you want to produce? You're reading the Killer Films book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd like to produce. I don't um, I don't know about directing. If I have the mind for that, like sometimes when you work with bad directors, 
I start to be like, I can do this. Yeah. And then you work with a great director and you're like, hmm. I couldn't do this. Tell me about what are some of the bad directors. What have you noticed? Give me advice. So I'm not a bad director. Um, what don't you like as an actress? I think that you have to project. You can be honest, but you have to project confidence. You cannot be like, I don't know. Oh, um, God. <laughs> do you think you want to like I, that? It doesn't work. It just yeah. doesn't work. Uh, I also think. Um, oh, God. I hope this person doesn't live. He's this totally podcast. not. Because she's such a lovely girl, but she, I was in the middle of a scene once that in the script says she's crying, and so I was crying, and she stopped the scene, and she was like, "Are those real tears?" And I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Are you doing that?" I was like, "What?" Yeah. She was like, "Thought I was asking. I guess she was asking if I was using a tear stick, which I wasn't, but I was just like, no, like just like." Let me do have your shit together. Like, know what you want. Yeah, and then we get to do our jobs together. That's what I would say is the most important. But I also, you know, I have some. My friend Nicole is a director, and sometimes when we talk about things, I'm like, God, your mind, your mind is so much better than mine for this. Like, the the sort of visual and storytelling ability that she has is really mind blowing to me. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be a director, but I'm good at you know lists and and i know what's wrong so that's why i can be a producer yeah i'm like that's wrong i don't know how to fix it but that's wrong good yeah and i'm always like you know if i give her a script to read we've identified the same thing she just has like same with my husband he can identify how to fix it whereas i'm like no yeah so oh my goodness looking at my copious notes we've covered dmt depression ayahuasca do you oh, have man. Twitter? Didn't you have Twitter questions? Yes, we got to ask Twitter, Twitter questions? questions. Oh, man. And I also want you to give uh, give girls to... Oh, my God. It's a madhouse today at Meltdown Comics. I know. Um, holy shit. It is Who's boiling. Next? It's an inferno. We're going to look at the... I was hoping to run into Kamel. Oh, really? I like Listen, him. Listen, sorry, sorry you, got, you got Pete Holmes. Okay? I have such, a, I have <laughs> such a, a couple crush on him and Emily, and I've never actually met Emily. You guys, you guys should go on a double date. I'm, or I'm, we should tweet I'm something about it. No, I'm gonna. No, I'm doing. I won't. I won't. Okay, I won't. won't. She better not listen to this podcast <laughs> and be like, "Why didn't they tweet me?" Okay, she knows. Are, she knows. I've said that they're great. Oh, here, here's another thing. I would you. Okay, so there's a movie called Joshi. I don't know if it's out oh, yet. Yeah. Did you see it? Um, n- no, I haven't seen it. Okay, so my friend is a director. His name is Alex Ross Perry. He, yeah, is in it. He's in it. Uh, that's how I know about it because he was talking about being in it. We had a meeting. Or oh, something. you did. Yeah. Oh, so he was telling me. Okay, his movies are amazing. Did you see Listen Up, Philip? Mm-hmm. And he just did a movie. So fantastic. So fantastic. And so he was talking about uh, about and he did this movie called Golden Exits. I think it's called with Chloe mm-hmm. Sevigny and Jason Schwartzman, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how Joshi was just an outline. Did you know that? It was just an outline. And it was like, you know, Thomas Middleditch and all the mm-hmm. people doing the stuff. And he said, you know, oh, my God, I don't know. Well, he's going to be on the podcast at some point, mm-hmm. uh, Alex's. But uh, how it just made it difficult that it was just an outline. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing to me that they actually did shoot a film using like a 20-page outline. Do you think you would like, as an actress, you would like... So I just did this oh, with, okay. I did a new, there's a new series that's going to be on Netflix, like September 22nd or 23rd called Easy that Joe Swanberg did. And this is how he works. <laughs> oh yeah. I and know. they're very good friends, I think, yeah, Jeff yeah. Dana and, and Joe Swanberg. And there's a, um, he just gives you an outline of like, it's like an eight page outline He's of like the scenes. Yeah. yeah. 
the scenes and then you just improv the entire thing and he sort of shapes the improv he'll be like eh, I didn't this is not helpful talk about something more related to this and it was such an incredible experience and I don't come out of sketch and and UCB and See, I'm even using it wrong. Sketch is written, right? Um, no, 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 whatever. Like I'm, that's not the. I come out of theater. Like it's just not. I get. I get to do a lot of this UCB stuff because I'm on a comedy show. Yeah, but you know, I'm not funny. You so, are funny. No, I just mean like I'm not like a, I'm not a comedy person. Got it. So uh, I, you know, was completely terrified, but had just you know, Joe hires you by having like. 10 hours of conversation with you and I was so we just had like incredible conversations for hours and and then um I ended up doing the show and I was like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this but I do think you know that sort of bullshit thing about like do things that scare you um I try to adhere to that so I showed up and I did it and it was incredible and so fun and sometimes so hard like there was like a one-line scene that I couldn't figure out the right line like what you know and I was like if it was just written I could fucking say the right line but then there were other times where things happened and scenes went places that I don't know if they would have ever gone yeah um and it was really fun I don't think I think you got to be someone who knows how to work that way like I don't think like you know just someone off the street could be like I'm gonna make an improv movie and here's the outline yeah You know, it's like Joe understands how to keep that environment create, you know, like he's very much about environment and and the way he talks to you. And also offset. He's like very much about bonding offset and creating a certain dynamic. Yeah. And um, it was incredible. So I I would be completely up for doing it again. You would. And so also he's very confident because he's made a million movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen like, I don't know if you've seen all of his movies from when he first started. Like Greta Greta takes the same. Hannah takes the the stairs. Nights and weekends, all these things. But it's like his first movies were just like, it was just like, what is this? This is crazy kind of sloppy, interesting thing that you're watching. But now he's just like cultivated this way of doing it. What's the name of the show? It's called Easy. Is that your husband on your screensaver? That is. Oh, that's nice. Let me see a picture of him. Isn't he cute? He's so cute. Oh, my God. Albino Jew. Is he taller than you? He seems very yes. tall. He's not very tall. Oh, he's right. like 5'10. Relax. He's just 5'10. No big yeah. deal. But his, um, um, he's a twin, and um, he's like. Is his twin single? Blonde hair. No. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Worked for Obama, though. Oh, um, that's cool. He's blonde hair, blue eyed, pale, and then his twin is like dark. Dark, dark. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. Um, wait, but the Netflix. Oh, wait, so but I feel like every episode stands alone, and we yes. can cut this out if we if we have to. We yes. d- I still want to maintain the real. The thing that we we you can the, the thing that you can know yeah. is that it's an anthology series, so each episode stands, stands alone, alone, and it'll be sort of different themes explored throughout. Oh my goodness, um, man! I really want to see Golden Exits, the Alex Ross Perry movie. Yeah, because I heard like he says nothing happens in the film. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of monologues, mm-hmm. 15-day shoot, like $150,000 budget. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Yeah, three mm-hmm. five-day weeks and, uh, yeah, and just, like, in apartments and, like, yeah. that's it. And, like, a bar scene and that's it. But uh, that fascinates me. God damn it. What okay, so here are the Twitter questions. Okay. And then we're going to land this plane to get you the hell out of here Great. because we've both lost eight pounds. Mm-hmm. And, you've and we're going to go- cut out the part that I could get sued for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, we'll figure that out exactly what that is. Then mm-hmm. Aristotle will do it. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Yakety schmackety. Here we go. My favorite part of the blah, blah, blah. Oh, my favorite part of the Love Alexi podcast is when, oh, this is not even a question, it's when mm-hmm. Alexi Wasser whispers, exclusive into the mic but you know <laughs> that, that one was just for me okay uh, also the Nerdist Network uh, retweeted that so hopefully some people have good questions mm-hmm. how did she feel how did you feel oh how did you feel when your show got moved to FX from FX to FXX 
We already fucking amazing. Fucking amazing, Matthew <laughs> McVeigh or whoever you are. Um, let's see. Uh, cancer patient guy tweeted at me. Anybody responding to you? Um, yeah, we got a couple. Hold on. Oh, wait, I just saw that one too. How do you always uh, look so cool? What a boring question, <laughs> but uh, how are you supposed to answer that? Um, they do my hair and makeup for an hour and a half before you ever see me. Exclusive. Exclusive. Um, oh, am I allowed to do it? Did, did, did I just step Yeah, no, this is great. Um, hold on. How? No, that's so silly. Oh my um, God, you're judging the question. If, she had to write, if you had to write an episode, what would it be about? Um, if I had to write an episode, uh, you would probably not watch the show anymore because I'm not a great writer. Oh, man. Um, but uh, I would just write an episode where all my friends got to be on it because I'm constantly pitching my friends. And you are? Steven, I've learned now, though. Hey, like Steven, I'm right here. <laughs> Steven asked me the other day. He was like, hey, uh, you know this guy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, he's amazing. And then I was like, he's all right. And then I walked away because I knew if I overdid it he, he wouldn't, wouldn't get, get cast why is that because steven like wants to fucking make his own decisions based on artistic merit as opposed to like you know yeah my buds but he gets you know it's like yeah that's his decision um that said i do have two friends coming on the show oh this that's season. good yeah but all because steven picked them Wait, <laughs> so, so does this does this mean i don't have to write a script i can just do a very very intense 50 page outline with dialogue and the and the beats. Sure, to I'll hit. do a movie with you. It just let's start it. All right, I'll I'll produce it with my my nineties book. You'll be in it. Okay, uh, keep going. What are the questions you see um, on Twitter? Uh, somebody says, "Give her a kiss for me." Boring. <laughs> uh, that's not a real question. A lot of these are not real questions. What was my favorite episode of season two and why? Actually, my favorite episode is the Justin Kirk episode. Um, I love him. How is how is it working with him? Sweetie Pie, I, really lovely. He's like an acquaintance in real life. Mm -hmm. And I used to have a huge crush on him because he was in some Henry Jaglum film that mm -hmm. nobody watched that people walked out of a theater that I was sitting in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why are they leaving? Justin Kirk, he's incredible. And then uh, and then I met him in real life and uh, didn't, I didn't feel it. No, I felt it. I can't even tell this story on a podcast. Okay. <laughs> we don't want to have to cut multiple times oh in this podcast. God, but I do um, love He's him. great. And I thought that episode was brilliant just yeah. writing wise. And I, I thought it was so in just unexpected and there's a couple more spoiler alert there's a couple more like interesting sort of structure in season three yeah stuff happening is which only, i think is cool is he only in two episodes yeah you, okay he's he's like in one episode and then he sort of comes back to talk to me when there's like a bunch of people i saw that episode yeah uh oh i wish i could there, so henry rollins <laughs> is like on an iphone yeah i saw that yeah that, there was another person another like famous person who was supposed to be there but had to like go pick up their kids and we didn't shoot him in time so then they got Ooh. henry rollins i can't say i heard he'll do so anything aristotle you said he would do anything like i could ask him to be on the podcast and what I'm, henry rollins is awesome he's like a poet he i is love he's single rollins. i'm not dating for a year don't even ask me i would totally if i was single i'd date henry rollins justin kirk or henry rollins for me what do you think no comment. No comment. I shouldn't date an actor, right? They're, don't they're, date an actor. I don't want to date an actor. Don't date an actor. Okay, go on. Um, you already asked me one of these. Rebecca, whose whose name is Michelle Dockery in her at symbol. This is me in technology. Her are, at symbol who, is Michelle Dockery. Her name is Rebecca. Who are these losers? <laughs> you didn't say that I did. This no, is Alexi. Keep going. I know they're lovely. Don't make fun of I'm my not your fan. Small, small <laughs> fan base. Um... <laughs> Yeah, what do we have in common? Which is what you asked me. So there you go. All right. Um, in tune with a fan. Yeah. With the fans. Keep going. Um, wait. What's it like to work for such a, with such a talented cast? It's amazing. 
<laughs> I do. I love. That. I mean, that's the best thing, honestly. Is our cast is just an incredible group of humans. We're getting real, real boring, real quick <laughs> on this podcast, even though we've been doing it for three and a half hours. Um. All right. Listen. Here's what we're gonna do. We're yes. gonna land this plane. We're gonna try to okay. keep you from being fired. Mm-hmm. Um. What else do I need to know? We talked aging. We talked DMT. We talked being an actress. Mm-hmm. Now I know that I have to be very confident. Mm-hmm. And uh, You don't have to be confident. You just have to know, know what, what you want. I <laughs> yeah, know what you want. All right, because my way of directing uh, uh, something was by... Uh, oh, I think I, I, I did a topless scene in my short film. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm using words like short film. I'm humiliated. But uh, I did a short film and I was topless in it. And then I thought, fuck it. I'll, I'll just... I'll just direct in my undies. And then I thought it was funny to make a joke and be like, uh, everybody, does anybody need more duct tape to uh, duct tape their boners <laughs> down? <laughs> and everybody was like, we hate you. You're, listen, you're not funny. Um, we don't care. Your boobs can hold a pen under them. Uh, you really, I mean, like, let's just, this is a podcast, so there's no visual. How did you see my boobs? I thought I, I just did it very, saw very the, I just saw the bottom, but, yeah. like, I could tell, like, Supple. you have beautiful breasts. So do you. Yeah. Hey. No, I like my breasts, too. I don't have a problem. No filler, no Botox. I want to make sure, let's make a pact. We're pinky swearing. Okay. None of that, okay? Yes. Just laser stuff. I mean, yeah. for me, not you. You look great. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, like if the mustache comes in. Then just, yeah, laser a little bit of laser. No, you can do like weird. Oh, I, I got this thing. And we are going to land this plane. I swear to God. Oh, did just, you do skin change. laundry? What the hell is skin? How oh, dare you some, talk to me that way? What? Some girl I was working with was like, oh, you got to do skin laundry. It's like a um, I'm like taking notes laser learning. facial. And so I went and they it's like done by a registered nurse. And it's um, how much, you know, like 50 bucks. What? And you go. Yeah, it's a big thing now. So uh, you go and they like laser the dirt out of your pores or whatever. And she goes through all this stuff. And she's like, yeah. And like one percent of people get blah, blah, blah reactions. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah do the thing to me. And um, afterwards, Uh-oh. she's like, do you have sensitive skin? I was like, no. And she's like, are you itchy? I was oh, like, no. no. <laughs> she holds a mirror up. I'm covered in hives all over my face. Oh, my God. And I just started laughing. I was like, it's all right. I'm not working right now. And she was like, are you, you need to call me later. Oh, my God. So no wonder it's only 50 bucks and no way they're going to be a sponsor on this podcast now. No. Jesus. But everybody I know really likes it. It's just I, I'm the one percent. They, I was like, you warned me. It's my fucking fault. Well, there's a thing called New Face that okay. I've seen on Whitney Cummings Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a show I tested for and I love her so much and I was devastated when I did it. I the thing. I wept and I wept and I wept and I couldn't believe it because I thought my whole life was going to change. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're just mm-hmm. getting a little bit too real too late in the game. Um, okay. Wait, so her old show or new show? The new one, the HBO one. new one? Yeah. Okay. It's a really great script. It deals with all this stuff about like aging and uh, whatever, blah, blah. Okay. Let's let's just say right now, um, Whitney, uh, Alexi would very much like to be on the show. Oh, God. You can give her a I already, small recurring I arc. already tested. That's all right. <laughs> You know how good she is, and she just wasn't right for that that role. But I'm, if there's something else that comes up, please um, send offers. I'm her number one fan, uh, but she on her Snapchat. Uh, are you on Snapchat? Mm-mm. All right. Uh, so she uses a thing called New Face, mm-hmm. and I bought one because I idolize her and put on a pedestal. And, uh, but uh, it's this thing where it's a New Face Trinity, where it's microcurrent therapy, where you're like building the muscle. Because what happens when you get older? Mm-hmm. You should also use uh, Retin A Micro because it builds mm-hmm. collagen. Do you use that? Mm-mm. Go to a good dermatologist dermatologist dr Wu or dr lancer i heard are good um okay but yeah it's microcurrent therapy and it builds the muscle and uh and then there's also like an led light that you can put on your face for whatever yakety schmackety it's just non-invasive stuff anyway she bought it i bought it i hope it's working 
Um, Let me just promote something that I'm not in any way attached to. Okay. But since we're talking beauty tips, okay. I'm just going to give you one. Tell me. Vintner's Daughter. What? It's a face oil, and it's the best thing. that's ever- A makeup artist used it on me, and I was like, what the fuck magic, like, baby troll semen did you just put on me? Because wow. it's amazing. Plus, oh, my God. Um, yes, highly recommend it. It's all natural. The only thing they make at that place is, like, wine and this face oil. Oh and it's really God. good. And it's ungodly expensive. I got a free bottle. Really? So Vintners? And I'm like, do I have the guts to buy this outright? It's like $185. Oh but my it's God. so, so good. That's cheaper than creme That's de la mer. Do you ever use creme de la mer? Yeah, I had a. If I get given, because <sighs> this is the life of an actress. Well, life. She's, she's miming smoking a cigarette, and now she just licked her eyebrows. Which, by down. the way, I, I quit. 11 days ago. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. It took you this long to bring it up. I'm kind of a bitch these um, days. Oh, though. no, you seem great. I, well, I'm faking it for you. My husband's like, can you start smoking again? You got to start vaping. No. Oh, wait. No, what were you no saying? About, did you talk about cannabinoids? We don't need to talk about it now. Oh, that, down was, there? that was down there. Okay, cool. Anyway. No, I've never done the cannabinoids thing, yeah. but I have a little piece of something. But you just said someone died from it. Wait, what, do you, like, wait what's the what do you have, though? Just to make sure you don't die before we end the show. Like a like little a good piece advice. of an edible that's like a cannabinoid thing so that someone's like, it's oh, a you pot, should try it. a pot edible? Yeah. But is it a synthetic cannabinoid? I don't know. Yeah. Is there synthetic and non-synthetic? I don't even know. Aristotle's just shrugging up a storm. You have the computer. He refuses <laughs> to compute. Oh, my God. Oh, by the way, there's a new thing I heard uh, called a, a net netnologist, which just means like you're a wizard master of the internet. It's some kind of like doctor of the internet. But I feel like we're all netnologists or netologists. Huh. Forget it. Listen, okay. this, is, this has gone too far. Too too. <laughs> taking too long. Um, all right, so I'm going to get to work on my outline. Do you regret doing the show? What this you, show? Yeah. No. You're, what uh, other show? I mean, other I'm shows. having a little anxiety about this. I've never told that story about my horrible ex-boyfriend. Oh, he's not listening. If he is, no, if he, he is, definitely not. If he is, like, that's there's cool. something wrong with you. But that's like that cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, I still want this guy in New York uh, to, to be in love with me. No, to be in love with me mm-hmm. as much as he can be, and have me be the one being like. I just need something else. Mm-hmm. So let him long for you. Let him listen. It's fine. You're just processing. You're just, I don't know, connecting with me. Where can we find you? What do we need to know? So we got You're the Worst available on Hulu, mm-hmm. FXX, uh, Amazon and Prime for season two. Cause season two is not available on Hulu. Season two will be on Hulu as of August 1st. Very cool. And then our new season starts August. You better fucking get with the program and figure this out oh my god actresses i can't believe it that was a joke uh, and also who am i supposed to be with you're supposed, you're supposed okay, to subconsciously I'll, I'll be thinking that men for you uh wait i really don't know when my shows are look at do 31st 31st i'm i'm pretty sure you're an educated uh, an educated guest words. from the star of you're the worst season three okay let's see what google says has a premiere date Vul- vulture says vulture says uh, the the season three premiere date is August thirty first. Very cool. Yay. In tune with your life and your career. Mm-hmm. Um, and also give advice to all the actress girls who want to book a show. This is just like then the advice for me. Oh, <laughs> it's like get like what you know. You don't taper panel. You use your nervous energy. You you have your own things that you like compare yourself to girls in the room. Mm-hmm. But like what? Where do you think you're at when you really book stuff? Tell as if I'm as if you're talking to a little sister or like the six year old version of you. Uh I would say, <laughs> uh, worst podcast ever. Just yeah. <laughs> I would say, and cut. No, no. 
<laughs> no. Uh, uh, I mean, I think that the the best thing that I had, which is like th- doing theater and for an audience. So like testing was actually the best thing for me because I really liked going in with like a group of people watching and oh, getting yeah. response. Um, so I think it's harder for tape. I don't book off tape very often, so I'm not good at advice for that. But I would just say, you know, feel the energy of the room. Man. And, you know, like, <laughs> man, just like go in there and like be you, dude. Like, just like give them, give them you. Give them all you got, man. And don't <laughs> cast it with other people in the waiting room. And where do we find You're enough, man. You're enough, man. Okay, so, uh, oh my God. I'm gonna yeah, kill we can myself. cut this out. <laughs> no. So, and where do we find you on social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram at Maybe I Cash, and then I'm on Twitter at Maybe I Cash, and I believe I'm on Facebook at I Cash, but it's just a dumping ground for my Twitter, and I think it's unlinked right now, so I don't know. All I right. stopped looking at Facebook after Wait. I got like death threats and and uh, dead babies sent to me. I'm gonna say, uh, well, that sounds neat. Sign up for try out Snapchat. Just I give did it a go. I you, did. You don't like it? Do you want to see my my only Snapchat? Yeah. We could do this after the podcast. No, we're going to do it now. People want to be near you as long as they can be. They're like, you know, it's like me with men. They're trying to squeeze <laughs> uh, something out of a rock. This is my only Snapchat. All right. Looking at Aya Cash's only Snapchat. What is that? What does it say? This is a terrible experience. Is that? Who is that? That's me. That doesn't even look like you. I lasted. I, I lasted 30 seconds on Snapchat. I don't well, get it. All right. I know it's what all the kids are doing, and I'm sure my career will suffer because I'm not doing it. But. I really don't think that's true. Anyway, thank you for speaking with the Cash. I hope you don't regret it. I don't think you do. I don't. God bless you. <laughs> Bye. Oh, oh, my God. It's so hot. It's so hot in here. Jesus Christ. Stop. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 